Welcome to the sixth episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and birthday boy, Adrian Pinter. And might I add, thank you, Adrian, for accommodating your home during the morning of your birthday bash. I do appreciate it. Yes. How's it going, man? Uh, General Kenobi, it is going all right. I, uh, I awakened this morning to you arriving in my home, and honestly, there's not much more I could ask for. I just like seeing you. I like spending time with you. And although the podcast got deleted that we recorded for this episode, it just means that I can talk to you twice in one week because we only talk inside the podcast. Inside the podcast. Right. Yeah. So um, it's very fortunate. It is. Except, you know, you have have to mow the lawn and now you can't mow it. I will mow the lawn with my tractor mower. Don't worry about it. Honestly, man, don't worry about the lawn. We've got bigger things to worry about like re-recording this entire podcast. And honestly, I think the podcast we recorded for this episode was the best podcast we ever had, and I I genuinely think we'll never beat it. (laughs) (laughs) Great. So so I just want every listener to know the best podcast we ever recorded. You'll never hear it. You'll never hear it. Exactly. Um, So So too bad for you. You know, it might have been the best podcast ever made. Honestly. Not, Not just us. But in general. Yeah, dude, 100%. 100%. It was the best podcast ever made, and uh, yeah, I'm glad you know, we got to experience it. I, I feel bad for the listeners that will never hear the best podcast ever recorded, ever. That podcast made Joe Rogan overrated. Yeah, 100%. Honestly. But now honestly. you can't hear it. So. Speaking of Joe Rogan, his whole view on video games. What's his view on video games? He's like, it's it's bad. It's a bad thing. Video games aren't good. I have a real problem with video games because... Because you could you could be doing jujitsu, and then you could make your own jujitsu dojo, and you could make money off jujitsu. I'm <laughs> not joking. That's, that's his a, actual <laughs> statement. Pretty much, it's something along those lines, and it's like so he thinks it's a waste of time. That sounds yeah, like. and of course it is, but it's the best waste of time. I love video games, and I love being happy. And guess what? I just feel like yeah, I, I would concur. What? What? Do you, what? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Oh no, no, my no, apologies. No, no, that's uh, that's honestly that's my entire point. I just oh yeah. said, guess what yeah I'm guessing what it was, Actually, uh, it, was me just gonna, <laughs> it was me just gonna say the exact same thing over I just again said. oh yeah. I, okay yeah I think the point of life the meaning of life is to enjoy it yeah I was gonna say pointless but yeah that's <laughs> no, like part part of it most of it is that if you're not enjoying yourself and no matter what you're doing for then instance Joe Rogan makes podcasts yeah I think someone might argue the podcasts are a waste of time but you know it's true you you just want to end this one here. Oh, because we think that I didn't argue that. I said somebody would. Oh, yeah. Oh. What are we talking about here? Yeah, no, I definitely don't think this is a waste of time. I think anyone listening is spending their time so wisely. I don't think you could spend your time any wiser than listening to this particular podcast. Exactly, and even more so if you listened to the previously deleted episode six. Because but, again, that was the best podcast ever recorded ever. Exactly, but ah, I feel bad. Can you do? I, f- I feel bad for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, because this is subpar. Yeah. Because now we know what we're capable of. Exactly. Maybe one day we'll top it, but I don't know. Definitely uh, definitely not. I don't think so. <laughs> it's, it's possible. <laughs> or impossible. I think it is. So for your birthday, you're making goulash. I'm making a nice goulash, man. So, uh... Yeah, I gotta keep the trend of uh, talking about food every episode alive. Exactly. I have a fire pit in my backyard. And 
in that fire pit, I'm going to place wood, ideally, and uh, light that wood on fire. No way. That part was the part I was unsure of when it came to uh, fire pits. Yeah. Hey, thank man, you for clarifying. No worries, dude. Honestly, you learn a new thing every day. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm going I'm to get that fire going. It's going to be going hot and, and, and flamey. Uh, I imagine. The beginning <laughs> of this story is starting to be like, you know, what did you do today? I woke up. I got out of bed. I brushed my teeth. I drank a glass of water. Okay, Adrian, get the story going here. Anyways, so I got the fire going. It's ro- It's going. It's roaring. It's a roaring flame. And I'm going to place, uh, I don't even know. It's just a big pot, I guess. We call it a bograch in Hungarian. Oh, okay. And we're going to place it on top of the fire. What I'm going to do is I'm going to season some beef. So l- let me tell you, let me, let, me, let me set the stage. You're taking a step back. Yeah. Is that what you're doing? Months ago, me and my father bought half a cow. And we butchered the we butchered it. We well the cow is already butchered. The cow is dead, but it was just half a cow that we purchased. The left half, not the right. And from that we made a bunch of different cuts of meat. So we made a bunch of steaks, we made a bunch of ground meat, and then we made a bunch of just like goulash meat, which is just like meat pieces. I took that out of my freezer yesterday, thought it out. And this, uh, 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 Jesus Christ, I just had a fucking stroke. It's early in the morning. It's early in the morning. (laughs) I'm going to, um, I'm going to season it with a bunch of paprika, salt, pepper. That's usually all you do for a goulash, traditionally. Paprika, salt, pepper. That's really all you need. Onions, garlic. I like to season my meat with garlic pepper and onion pepper as well, just to give it a nice little kick. So I'm going to, you know, have that bulgarach cooking over the fire. I'm going to toss the meat in, brown it, take it out, toss in a bunch of onions, Cook that out a bit, you know, get it nice and sweaty. Toss in a bit of garlic, toss the meat back in, use a bunch of red wine to deglaze it. Mm. And then from there, we made a bunch of beef stock as well from that cow that I mentioned previously. I don't know if you remembered. Yeah, the cow uh, that was the half a cow. Yeah, the half cow. Yeah, I remember. You just said it about two minutes ago. Yeah, exactly. Dude, thank you <laughs> for uh, paying attention to me because no one else does. And then I'm going to I'm gonna put, put beef stock in there and essentially just fill it and get it to a rolling boil. I'll probably uh, toss in a few fresh tomatoes straight from my garden. Hmm. Um, sounds good. And then, yeah, just kind of cook it for a few hours, get those flavors together it's going to be absolutely delicious i have a few uh, people coming over today you included although i won't have a conversation with you yeah we'll gonna... we'll stay apart yeah of course because we don't talk outside the podcast exactly but, you know um but i don't know i have a big enough backyard to social distance so, so i'll we'll be it... safe for the safe party 100 percent. it's not even really a party I, I made it incredibly clear to the people that i invited that i have enough space in my backyard to social distance and that is what we are going to do I don't know if you read my little like event thing. It was it was very just like to the point, very harsh. You know, anyone that doesn't like reading it, that's why I wanted to make it super harsh and just to the point, straight to the point. You know what I mean? Right. But of course, yeah, we're just gonna social distance and uh, yeah, make I'm making a big pot of goulash. I'm also gonna make some chevap. You know, you know what chevap is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it's like caseless little sausages. And make that over uh, my my grill. Make some pleskovica, which is like these are Serbian dishes. Yeah, well, I mean, well, goulash is Hungarian. Yeah, yeah, goulash is Hungarian. Uh, well, I mean, pleskovica and chevapica, that's also like former Hungarian? Yugoslavian. Oh, okay. You know so what I mean? So, like, blanketed in. Yeah, you know, Yugoslavia, great country. Everyone loved Tito, which was, I think, the president, or I don't even know what the fuck they had back then. But yeah, you know, like, we're, we're all together. Me and you, we're, we're making the bridge between Serbia and Croatia, you know? We are the ambassadors of those countries, and we're fixing those relationships on this film and tv podcast of exactly course. yes that's that's why we made this podcast last episode <laughs> like like every other episode we, we we go back and we look at the 
mistakes we've made on the previous episode in terms of inaccuracies on our show. Uh, And the last episode, we specifically mentioned, or I mentioned, that the launch of Tenet, Christopher Nolan's new movie, in China is actually coming out on August 26th. That's not the case. It's actually arriving on September 4th, as announced by Christopher Nolan this week when he launched the video. China. Yes. And so, yeah, just to be very clear, I made that mistake in our news segment. I wrote that in. In China specifically, it's coming out on September 4th, which is much like the U.S., actually. August 26th is when Tenet comes out in Canada. So I'm super excited for that, for sure. As a note with Tenet. Tenet. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Tenet. Tenet, yeah. Yes, exactly, Tenet. So Tenet is, uh, as well, interestingly, Christopher Nolan just announced that it's got less shots, or sorry, less visual effects or computer graphics effects than a rom-com or the average romantic comedy is interesting it's less than 300 and he believes that's less than the average romantic comedy most of the shots are practical practical they're practical effects much like uh I was the mandalorian say, i was gonna say the mandalorian but there's no way the mandalorian has less than the force awakens that's still got way more <laughs> like a, a uh, huge amount more dunkirk like dunkirk. dunkirk they crashed a plane apparently they're blowing up a plane yeah like because a, uh, yeah I, I read an article where it's like it's apparently cheaper to destroy an actual plane than it is to make to do the computer graphics for exactly it. which is bananas so it's kind of interesting i thought i'd throw that little tidbit in there because i thought that was cool i know I if that. i ever make a movie i'm just gonna blow up a like a car or a plane and if i ever get arrested for it i'm gonna be like dude this was cheaper than me hiring someone to do the computer graphics for it and i think that's a valid argument oh yes yeah, sh- sure for the second clarification Let's reach into the mailbag for a moment, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us once again, and he said, Hey guys, James Cameron's Fern Gully remake was very pretty. For the time period, it was groundbreaking for 3D visuals. I was impressed when I saw it in the theater, but the characters were cookie-cutter stereotypes. Sigourney Weaver and Michelle Rodriguez were actors I actually liked in it. Calling the alien critters horses is pretty much what humans do, the seahorse being the most obvious example, but also animals like the koala bear, which is a marsupial and not a member of the bear family. Hmm. I threw this in here as a correction because last episode we obviously talked about Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar. I don't remember. Well, regardless, I'm I'm letting you know now. I'm (laughs) informing you. And you mentioned at one point that you found it odd that there's a fly in here and it's flying around and it's landing on our keyboards. Yeah. It's very annoying. Uh, but that's I find that odd now. But last episode, <laughs> you found it odd that there was uh, the naming of horses for these mount creatures that they attach that their they, hairs that to. That they bang. Right, right. That they that they bang by attaching their, people bang horses their, their hair life. penises to the horses. Yeah, their hair penises. <laughs> that's a good... <laughs> How could we come up with that last week? <laughs> I know, that's actually really good. But anyways... You were mentioning specifically that you thought it odd that they would call these mounts, these mounting creatures, horses, because they're clearly not horses. They're some kind of weird alien creature. But ultimately, they had a school of English that they were teaching the Navi English, and that humans, ultimately, like Ken is mentioning here, call things other things. And horses is a good example for seahorse. And I really like to call it to koala bears here. Because koala bears aren't, or they shouldn't not, be considered they're bears. bears. They're not bears. Yeah. You think a koala bear would just like fuck you up, like in a like a one on one fight? I don't know. I don't know, you know you that could... much about koala bears. Yeah, me neither. I'm just curious. Do uh, you think they would? I don't know. That's that's why I was asking. They you. seem so friendly. Yeah, they do seem friendly. Wait, aren't they all, always high all the time? Oh, 
right? They eucalyptus. That reminds me of myself. Eucalyptus. Although, don't don't they have like carry some kind of transmitted disease? Wasn't it like syphilis or something? Oh, nice. Not syphilis. Maybe it was a different one. So are you telling me I can't fuck a koala? No, there? not even that. You can't like. There's <laughs> yes. You shouldn't do that anyway. But I think there was some other way that they transfer. Or it's herpes. Herpes I think is it's a herpes. lot. Herpes is a lot. <laughs> well, Less terrible than syphilis, but... Uh, depending on the or, person, yeah. Yeah, it depends on the person, I suppose. But anyways... You ever have herpes? No. <laughs> <laughs> when I say that on this podcast... <laughs> did you? No. Uh, hey, why are you looking like that? Like... <laughs> okay, no, I don't have the herp. But let's move on. I appreciate you, Ken. Thank you for writing into us once again. You keep the corrections flowing. You keep throwing good ideas our way, and we'll definitely keep presenting them on the show. As all you listeners can too, please write into us, splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. We will feature your comment most likely on the show unless it's laced with profanity and mean comments. That I'll accept it. Adrian a buffoon or something. That's fair. You know, honestly, I, I want to hear those comments. I think it'll make me a, a better person. What if they're only? What if the comment is only just calling you names the whole time? Ah, listen to it. Would you read it on the show? Yeah, do it. Oh, no. I'm not advertising this, but... Do it. You, you know what? Here first, I, folks. I'm so confident in who I am that I'm okay with it. Okay. That's, that's can I, cool. Can I tell you something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're on a podcast, <laughs> bud. This uh, is literally a conversational podcast. <laughs> Please tell me something. What is it? I, I'll be honest with you. It's going to be a ridiculous joke again, like Mugan to no, no, Mugan no. to the theaters. No, I have I have a couple corrections to make, and again, I, I just want to clarify: this isn't really my fault. Ah, oh, you have um, another correction. I do. You didn't put it in the copy here. I know. I just wanted to keep you on your toes. Oh, great! Well, I'm on my toes. To What's the correction? You. So again, I just want to clarify: like this isn't my fault at all. The most reliable resource on the internet, m dot numbers dot com, slipped up. They slipped up, and unfortunately, I put all my trust into uh, into this website. To give Is you there... the new releases you're talking about. Exactly. The oh new release God. movies that are coming out. Thank you for clarifying. I honestly was I was not going to mention that. I'm serious. Uh, so there's a few movies that we missed that came out last week, and I'm just so sorry to the listeners that m.the-numbers.com slipped up. Anyways, I'm just going to get straight to the point. However, this first one, m.the-numbers.com, they didn't really mess this one up because it was posted there. Everywhere else messed it up. And it's Train to Busan sequel, Peninsula, that uh, released on the 7th of August. It's actually playing in theaters near us. It's a Korean movie. It's a sequel to Train to Busan, like I led with. And it's a zombie flick. It's super fresh. Train to Busan's a fantastic movie. Very unique in terms of like the zombie uh, genre of films it's fucking fly man jesus christ and um yeah this is a touch screen too so keep watching your feed here make sure it's continuing yeah this fucking fly's just gonna maybe disaster will strike again <laughs> just, lose the podcast for fucking, a second time it's just gonna pause the, the audio recording but yeah train to Busan's a fantastic movie i highly recommend it and uh, again yeah the sequel is now out in theaters i'm definitely planning on watching it in theaters i'm excited to go back to the theaters so you know what I'll, yeah uh, like cineplex just opened yeah, here in, here in Guelph, Ontario. Yeah, it's in- interesting. I'm not sure if I'm ready to go back right away, but it's definitely interesting that they're opened up. Opened up. Now, there's two movies that m.the-numbers.com actually missed. Actually, one movie. I don't know why I said two. It's American Pickle. And American yep. Pickle just released on Crave TV here in Canada, HBO Max in the States. And again, I'm... That was a big miss. I apologize to our viewers. Adrian really, you know, dropped the ball. I didn't. M.the-numbers.com did. Uh, so right. Sorry, I, I, I just, forgot. Like, I love taking blame for things. 
but I just can't for this one. It was obviously on m.the-numbers.com, and uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to our listeners that m.the-numbers.com messed up. And honestly, I don't know. What uh, about the Robert Pattinson? And oh, Robert Pattinson. Johnny Depp movie. Yeah, it's something, something barbarians, right? Right. We are the barbar. It's it's like a forty nine on Rotten Tomatoes. You don't even need to know about it. How is this fly landing on my phone? Like I just lifted it up for five seconds. Go away. What a fucking cunt. Waiting for the barbarians. That's the movie. That's the movie. It's the movie. The movie is called Waiting for Barbarians. It just came out. It's a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not the most loved movie, apparently. It's not, no. Mark Rylance, Johnny Depp, Robert. Robert Battenbat. Not to judge a movie based on its Rotten Tomatoes score, because we we both know, you and I, and all the all the listeners know that Batman v Superman is a great movie, and, and that wasn't rated super well. No, it wasn't. It was actually so. specifically 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, big gap. you know. The, so, arguably, the Barbarians movie is better. No. It might be better. We don't know. I doubt it. I don't think you can make a better movie than Batman v Superman. Anyways, but yeah, that, that's that's it for uh, the show corrections. Cool, man. What have you been watching? Have you been watching, you know, cool TV shows, the news, movies, um, etc. 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 Anytime I hear etc., it reminds me of Split and uh, Glass. You ever watch Split and Glass? I I, I have, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with James McAvoy. Yeah, every when I say etc., I think of like uh, King and I. I'm dating myself a bit, but Canine. King and I. Oh, King and I. Yeah. Never heard of it. Oh, boy. Well, anyways, yes, I know Split and Glass. It's good. Yeah, like uh, James... M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Anyways, I digress. But I, I have been watching a few things. So what have you most been notably, I watched Jumanji, the fourth Jumanji. The next level. Yeah. Right. That one. Yeah, just... Because Zathura is technically a Jumanji Just movie. recently hit uh, Amazon Prime here in Canada. It did indeed, my friend. And uh, yeah, I decided to sit down and give that a little bit of a watch. And what'd you think? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it immensely. I don't believe it is as good as Jumanji the third Jumanji, which I think is Welcome to the Jungle. But I think that's partially because I was... Like, that movie was so unexpected. I went into the theaters not expecting that movie to be good. We just kind of went as a group of people, and I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll give it a chance. And uh, I, I absolutely loved it. I think it's yeah, fantastic. I definitely blew my expectations. 100%. Um, this one, it met my expectations, which is which is a good thing. Like, it's it's really funny, and they added a few new cast members in uh, Danny Glover and Danny DeVito. Right. Danny Squared, as I like to call them. And Aquafina. Aquafina as well. How could I forget? Wow, I'm such a sexist piece of shit, not realizing that a woman was also added to the cast. Anyways, I gotta live with my mistakes. So, um... What? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was really great, and long story short, Jumanji, the fourth Jumanji, they they go back into the Jumanji game. This is actually the one thing I didn't like about this movie, actually. The fact that they went back in. Their explanation for why they went back in, I found it a little bit shallow. Like, there's no deep reason why they went back in. Depression. But it, it depression would depression make you pull in your entire family and maybe they they all die. I no. feel like usually I don't know. I think there's a lot of the lack of thought went into that when the main character or one of the main characters decides to go back into the game. That's really quite a risk considering the uh, Colin Hanks's character was stuck in there for like what twenty years or some stupid thing. Yeah, eighty six years I believe. Um, I don't think it was eighty six years. <laughs> it was a long time. It was. And so... Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry I didn't put my phone on silent. It's a little bit unprofessional. Yeah, but I'm embarrassed. 
I'm genuinely embarrassed. But yeah, so I, I find that that was a little bit of a shallow reason. I feel like they could have come up with a different reason for why they went back into the Jumanji, Jumanji, Jumanji universe. Jumanji. So yeah, but other than that, I thought the characters were quite good in the the addition of Danny DeVito and Danny Glover. But uh, you were going, you were saying sorry. Yeah, no, no, like I definitely agree with that. Um, it's very much the same movie I find than the first one. It is. Uh, like. I mentioned how this movie didn't need to exist, and not to spoil anything, but where the movie ends off, I feel like you could have ended the first one in that exact same place. But I'm glad like this movie exists. It's, there's some hilarious jokes in it, and I, I'm i not a huge Kevin Hart fan, but how he impersonates Danny Glover is... One of the highlights, for sure. It, 10 out of 10, man. It's 10 out of 10. Like, like It's just such a hilarious impersonation, and he nails it. He just fucking knocks it out of the park. It's so funny. The Rock and Aquafina doing Danny Dan DeVito. DeVito was also a highlight as well. I thought Aquafina mm-hmm. did a great job. The Rock did a fantastic job there too. Yeah, the, even Jack Black, like he still he kept it up. He he did a great job. Like all of the impersonations is kind of the point of this movie. And I'm curious because they've set up a third one, whether they're going to keep that idea going where yeah. you body switch. The body switching is the most important. I think the most important part of the series. Just watching the kids is not really gonna be the, yeah. the highlight if they have a third yeah Juma- i mean like Jumanji. in general you shouldn't be watching kids anyways what um <laughs> but yeah no no i definitely i definitely agree with that it's interesting to see where the third movie will go jumanji the fifth jumanji will go i'm excited to see it i'm genuinely excited to see it it's super cool that they did almost like a revival of this series and they really nailed it i feel like a lot of franchises try to do this and don't do a good job with it yeah, they just don't succeed. Um, the only other one I can think of that I, I believe, well, it's like a billion times better than the Jumanji movies is Blade Runner 2049, where it really just like, it's a it's a semi-revival, it's a sequel that takes place, you know, like 40 some odd years later, or 30 some odd years later. And uh, Well, Jumanji's more of a reboot. Like it's a little bit of a different Yeah, it's like a soft thing. reboot, but it still references the first movie. Very, yeah, it does the, slightly. The Treehouse. But- I get it, but it w- it became a video game. It wasn't a video game in the first movie. That's right? true. That's true. Like, it, it was definitely, a board game. They might have referenced it. Because video games classic, didn't exist back then. It's a classic Robin Williams movie, but... Yeah. Rest in peace, Robin Williams. I love that guy. Yeah, there's a new documentary coming out. Did you see that? No. It's, Is it about him? It's uh, apparently about his last days or something like that. That's what I read. Oh, man. I don't... It sounds really I'm not, sad. I'm not going to watch that. The article cry. that I was reading said that it's going to be a te- tearjerker. Or it's, that it's designed to be like a tearjerker, so I'm not sure that it's uh, something I'm definitely keen on watching right away. But yeah, I'll have to be in a very specific mood. Yeah, for sure. I like to cry just as much as any other person, but uh, I'll have to wait until I'm in the mood to cry. Did you watch anything else? I did indeed. So last week, Oliver Papov wrote in, and he suggested to us to watch Amuleto. Amuleto being like a aggregator for a bunch of short films. It's on YouTube and everything like that. So I I watched a few of those short films. I watched three in total. So did I. That's great. We followed followed the suggestion to review Amuleto, and yeah, I watched four. Oh, nice. What do you think? I thought they were great. I thought that the whole service is really a neat idea. It's not only an aggregator, but it's meant to build up hype for these short films that go through the festival circuit and blood, sweat, and tears are built into making these films. And it's clearly evident by the four I've watched, certainly. Mm -hmm. And then they go online and online is a massive place. It's just a place of... It's like the great abyss. The, yeah. You know, most things go to die, honestly. And Yeah, you could get... literally hire someone to kill someone on the internet. I, I'm, it's true. I'm more talking about like the, the, the good side of the web. But yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Like YouTube videos in general, you can, there's a lot of good content out there that nobody's seen. 
And I think that's the biggest criticism of like these. Like our content. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like last episode being the best podcast ever recorded. No one's ever going to see that. Hear it. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. Yeah. No, that I agree with. Amuleto is really cool. It's a really good idea. They've got engineers working on search engine optimization, making sure that these films are seen. And a lot of these films, including the four I've seen, were over millions of views. And the reason why is because they worked on making sure that these films get seen. They're festival winners, each one of them. Every one of them on Amuleto's uh, festival winner is found on YouTube. You can go to their website and check it out. They describe themselves essentially as, just briefly here, the company is one part programming, one part data analytics, comprised of teammates spread across the world. What started as an experiment during the early Wild West days of YouTube turned into a successful launching point for short films, some landing anywhere from 20,000 to 20 million views. So they're really focused on getting... 20 million? Yeah, it's That's fantastic. more than the amount of people on planet Earth. I don't, I don't think that's that's true. But uh, what did you think about the short films? So, uh, I yeah, again, I, I agree with you. I think it's uh, I think each one I watched was really, really great. It's cool. It kind of reminds me of Quibi. I feel like they could have definitely put all these on Quibi. I think that would have been a good get for Quibi. It could have worked out, um, but Quibi's big selling feature as well is that portrait mode. That's fair. So I do wonder about that. With, with that point... Each of these films is 8 to 15 minutes long, approximately. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the format that Quibi's going for in terms of length. Most of their episodes are between 6 minutes and 12 minutes, approximately, per, per episode. So that's a good point. I think that they're almost more succinct than what Quibi has because they have to sh- tell the entire story in each short film, which is neat as well. And in the three I watched, I think they succeeded. Yeah, they told a complete yeah. story. The characters feel really... I think all of the characters that I've seen and all of all the four I watched, I found that they were well played out. That they were they built these characters. It seemed like they were real people right out of the gate, which is impressive again for a short film. But that's again blood, sweat, and tears into every shot, every character, every acting performance. It's clearly evident, and that's why they're festival winners. Yeah, I definitely recommend anyone to uh, watch them. I one of the three I watched, uh, it actually starred Stephen Yoon. I think that was the one that was recommended to us last week by myself by your by you because i had watched it yeah because you watched it i remember that yeah naysayer yeah naysayer it's really great again it's hard to really talk about these deeply because again it's eight minutes so it's we don't want to give away too much but uh long story short it's about steven yoon he takes a child uh from i assume his ex-girlfriend and the entire film is just shot with him uh, you don't see the other person that he's talking to. Yeah, he's just driving in a car. It's very much a bottle episode. Multiple shots of him just driving a car. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Like I, I was, I was, I was engaged for the entire eight to nine minute video or however long it was. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I, I highly recommend that one. I watched another one called Rachel from New York. Did you watch that one? That one I did not see. How was that one? That one's really good. So it actually has – so on YouTube, it's quite interesting because they don't – they put the title of it in, but they lead it with a brief description. So on YouTube, it says a woman goes on a date with a guy outside her type, but she's not racist. And then it says, like, Rachel from New York. and. Long story short, it's about a like a white it's, woman. Just to like go off of that point, those titles are really cool on YouTube because I, I argue that they are just designed for that search engine optimization. Definitely, they're not the title of the obviously of the, of the film as you said. It was Rachel from New York. Yep. So that's it's kind of a neat idea of all of these YouTube titles being named really as a description. It's kind of a cool idea, and it's I, I'm guessing it's obvious that that the reason for that is to really hit as many viewers as possible on YouTube and on Google. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree. Like that—that's kind of the reason why I watched this. I was like, "Oh, what? 
what is this about? And yeah, it's this this white woman, I assume, like in her late twenties, early thirties, or whatever, and she goes on a date with a uh, with a shorter black man. Long story short, and not not to spoil anything really, but it's it's incredibly funny. And pretty much how it starts off is uh, she meets the the, the man, and uh, you know it's like the super awkward interaction between the two of them, and her really just saying that. She's, you know, she's like, oh, I, I posted that I was 5'10 on, uh, on my, like, bio. And then uh, the guy's like, yeah, I know. Like, I like tall women. And then they kind of, like, sit down and the conversation progresses from there. And it's, like, it's really funny and has a satisfying conclusion as well. But I would really recommend that one. The other one I watched, I think we both watched this one because we talked about it on the best podcast ever recorded was Only God. Than, oh, is it, isn't it More Than God? More Than God. More than God, yeah. Sorry, you're correct, dude. I forgive you. Don't don't even. Worry I even have it written down in front of me, and I still messed it up. You fool. But yeah, that was a great one. That one's really funny as well. That one takes twists and turns. It's it starts off in a place that kind of follows the title, and then it goes into a, a place that I I never thought it would end. Certainly, and the really cool title sequence at the very end, which is cool, state of the very end of the title sequence because they've got an end credit scene, mm-hmm. I guess, akin to. Marvel, uh, Marvel's Nick Fury, I guess. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was cool. That one's amazing. That one might have been, might have been my favorite. Uh, what did you think of, the, of that one? I really enjoyed it. I again, I thought it was really funny, and I thought the story they told within that brief time frame was incredibly engaging. And I just kept on like, it's these are really great stories. I think the problem with these like short films, short stories, is that I always want more which I guess is a good thing about these short films is that... Well, it, they're so well-built. Maybe that's the reason why. Yeah, Since These definitely. characters are so compelling. I feel like that that's that's the reason. But Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you, man. But yeah, I, I really like this, and I, I highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, check out Amuleto. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to keep on watching a bunch of Me too. And short films. apparently the more that they get likes and views, the longer that they stay on the service. I'd argue that some of these are going to end up being Oscar contenders as well for a best short. So it's definitely worth the watch. Uh, my favorite one actually probably was The Things You Think I'm Thinking. and Oh, yeah, I didn't watch that one. That one, I just, I'm not going to tell too much about it. It, it dives into more challenging subject matter in a, many facets, and it does it extremely well. That would be the thing I would say about that. I'm not going to spoil too much about it. I watched Discipline as well. That's uh, the one about hitting your kid, right? <laughs> kind of. It, it definitely goes into uh, corporal punishment a little bit, but it becomes something much greater. And uh, it's quite a, a raucous event. It starts off very pretty mundane. A kid is just misbehaving at a convenience store, and it goes in a very interesting direction. Yeah, it's def- now it's a w- worth a watch as well. Honestly, I, I can't imagine that there's anything on this that's not worth the watch, considering how great the four I watched were. So. Right on. Yeah, I'm actually super excited to watch the Discipline one. Anything about uh, hitting kids, I'm a fan of. That one, I uh, love. I guess I should hurt. warn you slightly. It's in, I think it's in French. So I, I think it's uh, subtitled. Ugh. Just so you're aware. I'll still watch it. I'll just, I'll just put it on mute. No, you. Oh, I guess you could. No, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> hear the. No, I'm, yeah, I'm being facetious. Anyways, let's get into the news, shall we? Ooh. Number one, as reported by website Variety, Mulan will be heading to the Disney Plus streaming service after all. In a surprise move by Disney, the live-action Mulan remake will be released on September 4th and will require Disney Plus members to pay an additional $30 rental fee in order to access the film. CEO Bob Chappick was quoted to say that, quote, 
We're looking at Mulan as a one-off as opposed to saying there's some new business windowing model that we're looking at, unquote. But many speculate that it is very unlikely that Disney would make such a move without this being a testing ground for a new potential business model. Mulan was initially supposed to launch in theaters at the end of March, but due to COVID-19, it was pushed back multiple times. Alongside the new Mulan release strategy, Bob Chappick also announced that as of August 3rd, 2020, Disney Plus has over 60 million subscribers. What do you make of this, Adrian? Um, This is arguably the biggest story of the week, I would say. That's, yeah, it's just ridiculous. 30 friggin' dollars on top of already a $9 subscription fee through Disney Plus. It's, It's ridiculous. Again, I mentioned this on the best podcast ever recorded. That the best part, in, in my personal opinion, and I think many people would agree, the best part about Mulan is the music. And this is not a musical. No. I, when they announced that this was not going to be a musical, Mushu would be cut and various things. They were trying to ground it in reality. Which is ridiculous because they released a trailer with someone turning into a phoenix. And it's like, you got rid of Mushu, arguably the most interesting character in that entire movie. He, he has the best character development, just the 10 out of 10 character. You cut him out out of all the... Why are you laughing? (laughs) Eddie Murphy, man. Yeah, what happened to Eddie Murphy? Uh, I think he just made a lot of money. And then he kind of... Peaced out? Although Eddie Murphy was in in Dolomite Is My Name last year, right? Oh, yeah. On Netflix. It was another big Netflix movie. It was kind of snubbed, actually, because I don't think it got many nominations at the Oscars. No, it's very well regarded as well. Yeah, it it is. Anyways, I digress. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not... $30 is just preposterous like like what where do you get off it's ridiculous charging 30 friggin dollars for new lawn i have so many words for this it's just so disappointing say those words in every way say those it's, words uh 30 dollars is so weird because we were talking about it i think it was on our first or second podcast about how there's rental on video on demand services like itunes for 25 dollars but you don't have to pay a subscription fee for itunes you can just go in there and pay $25 and rent a movie. So why are we paying $30? In terms of on a consumer perspective, like just talking about that for a second, like you're referencing here, we're paying $30 on top of an $8 or $9 subscription fee from Disney+. Plus. It's, yeah. it's a very odd situation. So you're arguably paying $38. Many people have gone on social media and various places and said, well, if I go to the theaters with my three kids and I buy popcorn and and drink and then buy multiple tickets then it's actually more than $30 anyway so why does it matter but you get fucking popcorn and pop that's the difference you it's not the only difference it's delicious there's and also then, yeah what were you gonna say yeah sure. and then you have this beautiful huge screen that you get to watch it on the exactly. audio is probably better than what you have in your shit home fuck you guys and <laughs> what <laughs> it's a little bit harsh I'm sorry I was just kidding uh <laughs> Yes, I agree. That felt with you. like a personal attack. I don't know why you're you're like attacking every listener <laughs> listening to this because you got a 65 a... inch TV. You feel special, huh, oh, pal? I'm so special. You don't even have a sound system. It's true. It's disappointing. True. Anyways, point is, <laughs> now I'm attacking you. The point is, yeah, I agree with you for sure. It's about the experience. We're buying into the movie theater experience. We're not going there because. I honestly don't believe I'm going to the theater because I want to see the movie first. And the reason I point this out is because of the fact that 
eventually this movie is going to become free on Disney Plus or yeah, definitely. it's going to be, what, $20 to buy on iTunes? Why would I pay $30 now? I can wait for Mulan especially. Yeah, and I can definitely wait for New Lawn. For what? New Lawn. Why is it New Lawn? Because it's the new Mulan. What is with you in Mulan puns, man? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah, like I, I made like I wrote down here the, the Costco analogy. Like we buy a $60 per year membership to Costco. We go to Costco and all of the prices of everything is cheaper. Even like really high quality steaks. And I mean, you wouldn't know you, you buy half a cow. I buy a half cow, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you buy bulk salad or bulk toilet paper, whatever you buy, it's always cheaper. And that's bulk one of salad. the best things about Costco. You get free samples and you buy into this concept of this membership. I love free samples. And then you get a cheaper price. It's, it's a loyalty fee. They are giving you the loyalty of giving you cheaper eyeglasses or at their optometry center or they have an pharmacy optometry center? yeah they got a pharmacy there they sell tvs like all cool. this stuff is subsidized they make most of their money on the membership right that's kind of the idea this is the exact opposite of this they're charging 30 dollars, which is more than the price of a rental anywhere else and then on top of that they're also charging their membership yeah it's ridiculous dude it's definitely ridiculous the worst part about this though and this the is the worst yes the worst part about this overall, I, oh, I find, no. okay, so on a consumer perspective, this is bad. There's two problems with this in the end. If this is successful, all of the other services will arguably do this. And then it won't just be Mulan, but then Netflix, who releases the next Martin Scorsese movie. Or Amazon Prime releasing some big name director's movie as well, where everything then becomes a streaming service in which they're going direct to consumer and then maybe decide that they don't need to go to the theater at all. And that's the biggest issue overall is that if this becomes something that's successful, why wouldn't they just cut out the middleman, which is these theater chains, and then we won't get that big screen experience at all because why would they do this? There's no point. There's literally no point. They have to pay the theater approximately 40% of their ticket sales or not really, I guess, because the theater is initially getting the money for the ticket sales, but they get 60% of the ticket sales approximately throughout the U.S. Tickets are approximately $9 in the U.S. if you calculate an average, which means that they make about $6 per ticket. Overall, they're actually charging the price of five people with this $30 fee in terms of what they make in terms of profit, which is huge. Why would they go to theaters ever again if this is successful? They're just going to launch everything on Disney+. Plus. The fact that Bob Chappick would actually has the, have the audacity to say that this is not a model they're testing for the future is bonkers. He's a businessman. He's literally a CEO of a multi-billion dollar company. There's no way he's not testing the grounds for this. And I think that that is just, I don't know, I feel like he's just calling everyone stupid by claiming that he's not testing this. Just don't even say that. We know you're testing this. That's a dumb thing to say. Would Bob Iger do this? I know Bob Iger is still working as an advisory role in Disney, but I wonder what happened to, to change the, the model. Disney Plus is one of the cheapest services out there with so much content. It, it's, it opened up the, the, lo- the lockup, or what do they call it? The vault. The vault. For I all of their that. old yeah. Disney movies, the animated Disney movies. And they have The Mandalorian, which why am I not paying more money for The Mandalorian rental? It's such a great series. It's more hours of content than Mulan. I don't. I don't get this. This just doesn't make any sense to me, dude. I, I, yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. 
And again, we might lose theaters. They might just close down because they won't. This is like, we're all in this together, ultimately. You know what yeah. I mean? With COVID-19, coronavirus, it's shutting these, shuttering these theaters down. Like the hit high down. school musical song. <laughs> right, that's exactly right. Yeah. In the words of Zac Efron, we're all in this together. And I, I just find that, we, that Disney kind of built their business on the theater initially in terms of people having to go to the theater, families going to the theater they made it kind of clear, or there was rumors that they wouldn't do something like this because they, they liked the idea of the family movie, all of the, everyone going to the theater and buying multiple tickets. So there was a very low chance that Mulan would go to a streaming service. But this is their solution, and it bonk, it's bonkers. It befuddles me completely. It's bananas. It is. I'm very sad about this, and I feel like they could have risen, made the price of Disney Plus more. I would have accepted it. They could have done multiple things, but this is going to create a precedent. It's going to be multiple of the streaming services. If this is successful, that will start doing this, I argue. Disney will start doing this with movies like Black Widow, which actually a lot of people were calling for. On Twitter, as an example, people yeah. wanted Black Widow to be launched. They were using that as an idea. What if Black Widow was on Disney Plus? Would you pay $30 for that, Adrian? Like, I, see, so I think I would, but again, I think the biggest part about that is i think marvel movies the most enjoyable part about it not necessarily the most enjoyable but a a big factor of why marvel movies are so enjoyable is the conversation around them you know you watch it and then you have like everyone watches marvel movies everyone i know and and you have this awesome conversation about it and i love being a part of that conversation so that's kind of the only reason why i'd be like willing but you do make a good point ethically realistically like if i do go for it and I do watch it from home and pay this $30, and then I allow this sort of uh, thing to happen, and I lose out on that movie theater-going experience. It's hard to predict, right? As a consumer now, like most people aren't looking at it from that outlook. And yeah. This is the outlook I'm looking at it from because I just can't see it any other way. because you're a smart guy, man. You're smarter than I could well, ever I, wish to be. <laughs> I don't know about that, but again, it's the idea. Of, they may be telling the truth. Maybe this is a one-off. Maybe he's not making this up. It just seems like if you're a businessman – you have 60 million subscribers, and half of them sign up. You're making almost a billion dollars with this $30 price point from Mulan. I'm saying if half of the subscribers sign up to actually rent. Yeah. Would you so have Mugan to the theaters to watch Mulan? <laughs> I would have, most likely, but it's a question of yeah. when, right? Like it, Now it's a little bit tricky. If it wasn't coronavirus, 100% I would have, right? I don't think I would have because I missed Aladdin last year. And on top of that, like the actress that plays Mulan in the movie— there's like a big controversy because she was for the like the police in Hong Kong, like when the protests. I think I think they're still going on in Hong Kong, but she's yeah. for the police against like the people of Hong Kong. Which like to me, I, again, this is like a huge human rights issue. World is a messed up place in 2020. Dude, it's fucked man. up. Everything is like China's mess. messed up, man. China, like in general, like that country, not not the people of China, but that country itself, the government. Yeah, it's, it's it's fucked, man. And and the idea that this woman, I, I, I unfortunately don't know her name, but she's playing Mulan. She's in a huge movie, and she's vocally for the people, or sorry, the police that are, like, beating the shit out of, like, these protesters in Hong Kong. I don't know. I almost don't want to watch that movie because of her. But again, like, there's more people involved in the movie, so. Yeah, I, cast and crew, director and, directing, directing, directing. <laughs> the director, you know. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, there, there's multiple factors that come into play. I'm just not doing it because, I again, I'm boycotting it for the $30 price point. I just yeah, think vote with your wallet, man. I'm voting with my wallet for sure. And to answer my own question, I would not rent Black Widow. 
I would not at $30. And I think this is going to happen. Honestly, I do think that, unfortunately, this is going to happen. I'm hoping that Bob Chappick is saying what it actually is as a one-off with Mulan, but I doubt it. And that's the problem is I think that this, unfortunately, might be successful. Although, there were two polls run by Variety and ComicBook.com on Twitter. And the question was, would you rent Mulan for $30 above your Disney Plus subscription fee? And I think it was around 80% of the people said no. So it's actually Good quite interesting. And there were thousands of people who participated in the coal, poll, in the coal, in the poll, in the coal mines, <laughs> in the poll. And I think that it's hard to know what the actual sample is in this case. Like who is, who's on Twitter that maybe would, would have watched Mulan. And there's, it's hard to know what people will actually end up doing. Yeah. But we'll find out, I'm sure. But if that actually happens, like theoretically, like there's what, 60 million people that subscribe to Disney yeah. Plus right now? If 20% of those people, that's 12 million people, if they all rent that movie, like that's that's such a, that's a lot of money, man. I know. That's a lot of money. I don't know what the budget was for this movie. I imagine it's pretty uh, substantial. Like it's probably over like 100, 100 million. Yeah. So like even then, sure. like, I guess when you put it like when you look at with it with all those visual that, effects for the very grounded in reality Phoenix that they had yeah. to create with CG. What a what a missed opportunity. Why wouldn't you bring Mushu? Why wouldn't you bring Eddie Murphy back? The singing, man. The singing. That's my that's my song that I just wrote for you. It's called Ha Thank you. You're I welcome. Pre- I appreciate man. that. Honestly, no worries at all. But yeah, I am not for this. Two thumbs down plus a third one. I honestly thought it was satire. I thought it was from something from like uh, the onion or something like that when I saw this online. I thought it was a joke, $30 above the subscription. How do you determine again that concept of Mulan is worth $30 but Hamilton isn't? Hamilton is not. And that's one of the biggest questions that I have. Hamilton was supposed to go to theaters in 2021. It is a sensation that movie. It's a theatrical. That's so probably going to be much better than Mulan also. Yeah, definitely. Where's the quality choice that you're going to make it 30 Mulan. and 10? I don't understand what that what does that mean? Are you just what what kind of stage are they setting? I'm not sure what what they're doing. I just don't think that this is a one-off. That's again, vote with your wallet would be my recommendation. I find again, we're all in this together. I appreciate Christopher and Nolan's you know push. I don't know, I don't actually know the lyrics to the song. I appreciate Christopher Nolan's push far more to get Tenet in Tenet, theaters yeah. and that he cares a tremendous amount about these theater businesses staying in business. And he said that specifically. And I feel like people have fluffed him off as like this elitist in some way that he didn't want to, you know, he always wants his movies in theaters. He always films in with a film film camera, like yep. a, a traditional 70 millimeter camera, uh, an IMAX camera a lot of the time. And I find that sometimes people can see him as stuck up. I don't think this is stuck up in this case. You're actually standing up for small businesses, arguably. Some big businesses, arguably, as well with AMC theaters and various big theater chains that, again, might lose out if they don't have a movie like Tenet. If, even if Tenet was Tenet. going to a streaming service for $30 extra, I don't think I would buy it. I honestly don't. I just don't think it's valuable. I love the movie theater going experience. I want these small theater chains like the Princess Twin Theaters in Waterloo is an example that we often go to yeah. to stay in I business. And uh, yeah, this is a, a disappointment. That's I'm just going to leave it there. We've Would you watch New Lawn point. if it was streamed in Fortnite for free? <laughs> I don't even play Fortnite. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Maybe, actually, yeah, why not? What do we have to lose? It's free, though. That's that's almost co- that's completely free. You know what I mean? Oh, because it is free to play game, yeah. Good call. Good call. Good call. So... Would you watch, that would definitely not happen. That's the opposite of what happened. Would you today, watch New Lawn this week. 
in Fortnite if it was a microtransaction DLC thing. For 30 bucks? Yeah. That would be a very uncomfortable and, and terrible experience. Definitely. Imagine being a character. You see your character and he's looking at a screen. It... That's that's the weirdest thing about that. I, I, like, I don't want to dive too, too deep into this, but... Like that game's in third person. Like, how do you watch an entire movie? Like, you don't even get. The but Christopher full Nolan put it. Inception's a ten-year-old movie, though. Yeah. Like it just reached this ten-year anniversary. That's I don't true. think. I think it was just to build up hype for Tenet. It was just a marketing Woo. idea. I just find it odd that Nolan, because he's, again, he's a purist in that way, that that would happen. But whatever. He must have been paid big bucks. I know it must have been. It's a strange choice. I know. Epic I'd Games, sell out I guess. For a bunch, bunch of money. Yeah. Alrighty. Man, I'd sell out for like ten bucks. You want to buy this podcast? Ten dollars. I'll whoa, take whoa, whoa. it. Not, it's not for sale. Number two. You want to take my spot? Ten bucks. Number two, <laughs> as noted by website publication Collider, director of Wonder Woman 1984, Patty Jenkins, will likely be done with directing Wonder Woman films after the third in her planned trilogy. In an interview with German magazine Geek, she said, "Quote." Wonder Woman 84 gave me a chance to do a lot of things that I couldn't accommodate in the first movie. I was so happy to tell the Wonder Woman origin story. It was almost her birth, but we really haven't seen what she is capable of. It is exciting for me to show her at the peak of her strength, but it is also very important that she fights an internal struggle. She is a goddess and tries to help humanity. She is not only someone who fights evil, she tries to show bad people how to improve. It's an interesting dilemma. The next one is probably my last Wonder Woman movie, so I have to put everything I want to show there. We have to think carefully, unquote. What do you think of this? What do you make of this, Adrian? That's pretty cool, man. I don't know. I really like the first Wonder Woman movie, and I'm super excited for Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, uh, the art, the posters were fantastic. It's so cool. It's so colorful. It reminds me of uh, Thor Ragnarok. The gold armor looks pretty sweet. Dude, it's badass as shit. Yeah. I, I think Wonder Woman's such a cool character. I, again, I'm not a huge uh, comic book nerd when it comes to that sort of stuff, but I really like Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, uh, Gal Gadot uh, her performance as Wonder Woman. I think she does a really good job portraying a like very strong like female protagonist. Like She's one of my favorite parts in Batman v Superman, just the Hans Zimmer's score. The... Yeah. Hans Everyone Zimmer. knows that. What a treasure. He is. I love him. Just like I love you. But yeah, like I, I, I'm, I'm very excited for Wonder Woman 1984 or Wonder Woman 84, whatever it's called. And it's cool that uh, at least it seems that we have a third Wonder Woman movie confirmed and that Patty Jenkins is going to come back to do it. Yeah, with that being said, Patty Jenkins is now planned to direct the same number of movies as the director who's directed the most movies so far, which is Zack Snyder. In the DCEU. In the DCEU specifically, it, yeah. which is interesting. I didn't see necessarily see that coming, but Wonder Woman was probably the biggest success in terms of the DCU critically and also commercially. Yeah, definitely. It did very well. Did like it the make combined over a billion? idea of it, it has done the best, I think. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I don't know. Did Aquaman beat it? Aquaman did well, but... Aquaman was over a billion as well, I think. Did you like Aquaman better than like the Oof, James no. Wan? James Wan, right? Is yeah. The director of... Aquaman. You, you are correct about that. Uh, no, I didn't really like Aquaman. Maybe I was just in a bad mood. I watched it on like Christmas. It was well regarded as well, Eve. as far as I recall. Yeah, it's like a it's like a sixty something on Rotten Tomatoes, if I recall correctly. I think it's mediocre at best. I think it's way too long. Anyways, I digress. I don't know. I'm 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 excited to see like what else Patty Jenkins has in store for us. For sure. And again, I really I really she like mentions the peak of her strength, which is kind of cool. So let's see what Wonder Woman can really do. I guess. Yeah, she beat the shit out of. Uh, Doomsday. 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 Yeah, Doomsday. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. She beat the shit out of Doomsday. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 
Which um, is a pretty beastly monster that actually kills Superman, so. Yeah, good riddance. Am I right? Well, I don't know about that. But. Yeah, I, the one thing I'm actually super curious about is, like, is this, I know it takes place, like, I guess 40 years prior to uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, but is there going to be any tie-ins to it? Is there going to be any ref? Well, obviously, I guess you can't reference something that happens in the future, but I feel like I wonder if it's going to tie in more directly to that sort of vision or or they're going to set something up in that movie. It sounds like they're just not that setting kind of anything up in DCU, though, at all. Like it's all you like mean? Like it independent stories. They're kind almost. of going independent with a lot of it because they kind of wrote it off as a failure until now the Snyder Cut is being remade. And so we'll see what happens if it starts tying in after the Justice League Snyder Cut is popular on HBO Max. I'm hoping that it is and that we get to see this universe actually come together. They can write off that. They could kind of write over any problems that they have with alternate universes, which would be neat. Maybe throw Michael Keaton in there as the Nick Fury, Bruce Wayne, or Thomas Wayne, depending on which oh, version of Batman he is. my goodness gracious. So it could be some interesting things there. I'm curious to see what they do overall. And most of all, again, the 1980s is such an interesting setting. They made it uh, I didn't World even live back then. Neither did I. Dude, crazy. Crazy. World War One was a really cool setting for the first movie. And 1980s is really cool for this one. Again, it was giving us Thor Ragnarok vibes. I'm curious to see how the music is, what the music they choose. Pedro Pascal and Kristen Wiig are going to be interesting villains, I'd imagine. Yeah. All of the posters for their characters it's look really, pretty neat. It's really cool. I like Kristen Wiig, she's almost exclusively in comedies. Like uh like Bridesmaids and stuff like that. At least that's the only place I know her from. I don't think I've ever seen her in like a serious role. So it's kind of cool to see her playing this villain. Like I'm I'm actually very excited to see her. And I think Pedro Pascal is a he's fantastic. He I feel like he's a very underrated actor. He does a awesome job in Game of Thrones. He's fantastic in the mandalorian even though you don't really see his face and yeah like he, he's a underrated gem i think so i'm super stoked to see what's kind of going on and again like gal gadot she's proved herself as a fantastic actress and, and fantastic in the role of wonder woman so before we actually get on to number three i should just mention Kristen wig actually was in the martian so that's kind of a comedy as well oh. but it was I, I found that was more of a drama yeah, one best drama musical role. and uh, comedy yeah, i know it wasn't really a comedy somehow won that so but anyways I gotta she's, that she's in a couple of dramas actually you'll find here and there if you look at her imdb page but let's move on to number three number three it's my th- third favorite number that's great number three dc's suicide squad director james gunn recently shared the title treatments for the second suicide squad film on twitter the new graphics take on many of the classic elements from the original suicide squad comic books James Gunn also promised big reveals during the August 22nd DC Fandom event. The first ever DC Fandom event will apparently specifically run for 24 hours on Saturday the 22nd of this month and offer sneak peeks into DC Comics, TV, movie, and gaming properties. Adrian, what do you make of this news? Oh, I am so excited. I'm like a little schoolboy in... in, about about to finish his class i'm so excited dc fandom looks like it's honestly shaping up to be quite amazing they just announced the suicide squad game made yes. by a pretty famous developer rocksteady, rocksteady. jinx you owe me a relationship and two kids oh but anyways regardless suicide squad <laughs> treatments look pretty great too right the james gunn treatments look pretty classic and i think this movie's shaping up to be pretty great there's a, a pretty good culture i feel like on the set 
don't know if you noticed as well on James Gunn's Twitter page, but he released, there's like a video, like a happy birthday from the cast for Suicide Squad. Did you see that as well? No. Uh, multiple actors, Margot Robbie, John Cena, and uh, it's John Idris Cena. Elba as an example. They, How did you see John Cena though? <laughs> he was, I, I, good point. Yeah. I heard his voice actually. Ah, fair point. Yeah. Okay. I understand. I, I recognized it, but it was really cool. And there's, I feel like there's a good culture around. I mean, there's a lot of controversy actually with James Gunn uh, very recently, but after that, I find. Yeah, that was a couple of years back, right? With his, like, his early. He was fired from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, for, like, all those, like, pedophile jokes he made from on Twitter from, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. Dude, who cares? That was a for strange... one, pedophile jokes okay. are funny. Yeah, did you make one earlier in the episode? <laughs> I did. I did indeed. <laughs> yeah, but I'm anyway. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't cancel us, please. Yeah, that was strange. And then James Gunn was eventually rehired for Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which was great because he wrote a great script, apparently. And. Mm-hmm. All his his cast members were up in arms about that because they know him personally and especially uh, Dave Batista. Dave Batista just I think feel like he put his job on the line for that guy. Yeah, man. Dave Batista, I, I feel like he wears his heart on his sleeve. I, a lot of the I have a lot of respect for that man. I I genuinely do. I think for one, I think he's a fantastic actor. I think he's past that threshold of wrestler gone actor. But on top of that, man, he's done he's a pretty good so job. So vocal on all of his all of his views, like on Twitter, he constantly criticizes Trump. Which, again, like not to get too political, but like I, I appreciate that. I appreciate people just being vocal of their views, regardless of view. I'm more than willing to listen. And I don't know, man. There's something about that guy that he just seems like a very likable fellow. He literally changed his Twitter handle. I don't know if you noticed this or his Twitter name on Twitter to Person Woman Dave Batista Camera TV. Oh, really? Yeah. Look at it. <laughs> it's so long, though. Every time I see, like, he likes something, it shows up on my Twitter feed that he liked it. It says that long name, and I thought it was comma, like, the commas on Twitter. So just as to say, somebody's name was person, woman. No, but it's just Dave Batista's name every time liking something. That's clever. I find a little ridiculous, like the classic Trump cognitive test. <laughs> yeah. Person, woman, Dave Batista, camera, TV. Anyway. It's just odd. What an odd time we live in. It's Dude, just what the unbelievable. Fuck? Yeah. You know? I mean, the coronavirus cases in the U.S. are just better than the world. But, know? dude, if, like, the only reason they're so high is because they tested so much. If you don't test, you don't have as many cases. <laughs> yeah, just they should stop testing. Jesus. Uh, one of my favorite things about We're joking, it, obviously. Yeah. Um, definitely. Just uh, making sure. It's hard to see. They can't see our faces. You know, sometimes the, the comedic moments are on the face. I love how that uh, that that HBO interview between that gentleman and uh, Trump, how there's the all those memes going around now. I don't know if you've seen them. Where it's well, I like, saw one where it was the Veep, the Veep and credits. Oh, dude, that's so fucking funny. Holy how shit! He's explaining to the guy with those charts. Yeah, <laughs> the charts look so comical though. There's that one with bar graphs. Did you see that one with? He's got four, just four bars on it. It looks what so do these simple. Mean? What do these mean, sir? He's like, are you comparing it only like your country to like three other countries? It doesn't seem like it proves very much. I'm just confused. Or is he comparing it to the world's coronavirus cases, which again, what a ridiculous. I just don't understand. Being. Anyways, strange stuff coming yeah, I digress. Out, of, out of that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm super excited for DC's Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. I feel like I know we haven't seen anything of it yet, and I know we're getting that trailer like during DC Fandom. But everything I've seen so far, I know it's just pretty bare bones. But those posters that he posted with the you know like just the the title treatments, yeah, yeah the t- Suicide the Squad encased in in the yellow background with the red and black. 
I almost feel like what James Gunn is aiming for is those trailers that initially launched for, you know, the regular Suicide Squad movie. Well, that's what we want. That's what I, yeah, 100%. Like, I was thinking about David Iyer recently, because Tax Collector is now like 22% or some oh, nonsense it's not number. Good? 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Man, like, I don't oh, know. No. Maybe it was just his movie. I don't know. Like, he's had a bad track record over the last few. Shia LaBeouf tattooed his entire body. I thought that about movie. that. Imagine tattooing your entire body for a movie that's 18% on Rotten I'm still going to watch it. I feel like I, I think I should watch it too. I just feel bad for Shia LaBeouf, though. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. know why you would do this, though. Anyway, I don't know if that really gets you in character that much that it's really that useful. I mean, maybe you just like the tattoo. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say, but it's just it's disappointing. But yeah, you're right. Those trailers were amazing. If they can channel what those trailers pulled off with Bohemian Rhapsody and that incredible cut, it's just so great. You think Bohemian Rhapsody is actually going to be in the movie? That would be oh, that would be funny, but I don't think so. That that won't happen. James Gunn's got a really good he has music awesome musical taste. taste. Yeah, man. I like he picks really great music, and he'll pick great music for this as well. And it's funny, you're right. Actually, if you think about the parallels between Guardians of the Galaxy and that trailer specifically, or those trailers, there is such great parallels between them that I think people did make that connection at the time because Guardians of the Galaxy one had already come out, and then yeah, that's a, that's a really good connection. I don't know if I made that connection before. Hey, it must have been made before by others, but you're welcome. I just missed it, I suppose. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm super excited. DC fandom is gonna be really cool. Gonna be really cool. We haven't seen a trailer for Wonder Woman yet, if I recall. No, well. we haven't, dude. So we'll holy see. shit, I totally forgot about that. So we'll see if that ends up happening or coming to pass during DC fandom. Of course, Snyder, Zack Snyder specifically said that there's gonna be a teaser at the DC fandom event for the Snyder cut of Justice I can't League. Wait. Can't wait for all of this. DC fandom looks like it's shaping up. Marvel's kind of you know, sitting a little bit, sitting back. They don't seem to have that much going on. They got Black Widow just sitting in the in the wings waiting to go out there uh, in November. And there's not as much hype behind Marvel after Endgame and Far From Home. It's kind of just died down a tremendous amount. Maybe DC will actually take some of the pie. If they seize the moment, because they have this moment now, they've got potentially two games coming out. Yeah, we'll yeah see. no, no, they definitely do. Because I wonder if they'll be both announced at DC Fandom then with the Suicide Squad, which is supposed to be... And the Court of Owls, like Batman one? Yeah, the Court of Owls, it's going to be made technically, by... That's technically been announced. Court of Owls, sorry, I'm not aware. It's supposed to be another... Batman bat. game, yeah. Was it announced officially by... No, there, it was teased like literally last year um, by... Um... Warner Brothers Montreal? I don't know. Regardless, there's a lot that's they're really hyping here and i think that there's this is a moment they can they can seize and take back some of the cake the superhero fandom at the dc fandom it is wb yeah you're right warner brothers montreal wb montreal yeah but yeah man I, I i can't wait this event is making me super excited and you know me being super mature and Uh-oh. wonderful like i just can't wait for the dc properties and anyone that doesn't like it they're just sheep loving <laughs> that Marvel basic bitch shit. You know what I mean, man? He you know what I'm you he know, doesn't mean it. I don't mean it. He loves Marvel. I do. I Let's do. move on to number four. According to website Variety, Tom Hanks is currently participating in negotiations to play Geppetto in Disney's live action remake of Pinocchio. As of 2018, director Robert Zemeckis was hired on as the director for the film. If Hanks does in fact sign on for Pinocchio, this would mark a reunion for Hanks and Zemeckis, who have previously worked together on Polar Express, Castaway, and Forrest Gump. What do you make of this? Pinocchio news, good sir. Cool. 
I uh, I really like Tom Hanks. I think, I mean, obviously, he's such a fantastic actor. Yeah, America's um, dad is playing Pinocchio's dad, you know? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I wish he was my man. dad. Anyways. Say that too loud? Isn't your dad in the next room? <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I think Tom Hanks is a good father. We know this because of Colin Hanks. And right. Col- Colin Hanks is a fantastic actor. And Fargo. Chet Hanks. Chet? Chet. Oh, I guess he's not that great of a father because I didn't even hear about the other son. Well, it's because Colin Hanks has been in a lot of movies. and Fargo. Fargo, Jumanji. Oh, my God. We're going full circle, aren't we? Look at us. Look at us. Who would have guessed? Who would have thought? Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? Anyways, it? I'm very excited. Again, it's it's kind of odd me being like, oh, I'm super excited when I haven't seen the majority of the live action remakes. I haven't watched Cinderella. I haven't watched Aladdin. I probably won't watch Mulan anytime soon nope, unless my I'm lover not. wants unless my lover wants to and even then I Even if again the Mulan thing even if like we had a party and multiple people chipped in for the $30 I would still not do it because again it's just since the single Would you watch it if it was 100% success. on Rotten Tomatoes with 1000 reviews? What if it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and it's 1000 reviews would you still watch it? I don't think so. No, it's the, the idea of I love destroying you, the theater the theater the theaters need to live this is a short-sighted view. I don't think that theaters are actually we're actually going to go away pre-coronavirus. I think that they declined a little bit, but Endgame and that moment again, that moment of Captain America catching the hammer is and such the a entire crowd. rousing moment. It's I'll, just that's that's that a, is that's the a tale I'm going to tell. That's why everyone. I'm not buying Mulan. If you want to know why I'm not, wouldn't buy Black Widow or buy Mulan for thirty dollars on Disney Plus. That's the reason. It's funny because it's literally a Disney movie. Yeah. And the, if they don't see the value, I don't know. Again, it could be a one-off. It could be, but I just don't trust that a businessman. Fuck you, Bob Chappick. Well, I don't, I'm not going that far. I hate you. Again, we don't know what he's doing. But I, I hate you, man. Again, we I, I definitely digress you. here. I'm excited for Pinocchio for sure, just because if Tom Hanks is in it. And Robert Zemeckis is a pretty good director. Dumbo. Dumbo's the other one I didn't watch. Dumbo, yes. Yeah. Tim, Tim Burton. And that's like a fucking all-star cast as well. We got Danny DeVito. We got Michael Keaton. We got Colin Han- uh, Farrell. Colin Farrell. God, almost Colin Hanks. Yeah. No Colin Hanks in that one. We got... We got an elephant. Yes, named Dumbo. Dumbo. Yeah, arguably the most popular elephant known to man. Do you like Tim Burton movies? No. <laughs> that explains why you didn't see it then, I guess. I don't hate Tim Burton movies. I, I like Batman 89 and stuff. and Batman Returns. Batman Returns. That's really it, though. He's got a unique style. You can tell when it's a Tim Burton movie. That, yeah, I always respect Johnny that. Depp's in it and his ex-wife. Oh, Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, yeah, from from the the hit Harry Potter series. Anyways, the main reason I wanted to bring this up, actually, I, I meant more like the style though for Tim Burton's movies. No, I they're, definitely agree. They're, they're dark and they're got this like very. It's made by a elements. depressed man. What about uh, uh, Jack Skellington, like Nightmare Before Christmas? Did he direct that? I don't think he actually directed that, but I feel like there is a little bit of a f- flair to that that like kind of is uh, reflected on Tim Burton. If that makes he did. Sense. I'm almost guaranteeing that, but I am checking this literally as we speak here, and uh, I'm wrong. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. That, that's it's Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, but it's directed by Henry Selick. Hey, Henry, I know yeah. you're listening. It's a story by Tim Burton. It's produced by Tim Burton, but not directed by Tim Burton. How crazy is that? Interesting. Yeah, I really like Nightmare Before Christmas. It is really good. Is it a yeah. Christmas movie or is it a Halloween movie? I would would watch it on both. I enjoy it for for either one. But I, as long I, as you I normally watch, watch it, it on the Halloween. end of October and the end of December. You, you got like about a two month time frame. You can watch that movie, and it just fits. It just fits. That's true. Yeah. It's true. But yeah. Anyways. Robert Zemeckis is great. Tom Hanks is great. 
if this comes to pass with Geppetto, I I think I'd watch it if they don't charge thirty bucks on Disney Plus. Dude, I suppose, but yeah. it's exciting. The reason why I wanted to talk about this though is that they just released a new Pinocchio trailer for not a Disney live action remake, but a, like a like a live action Pinocchio movie. It actually comes out next week. Oh, watch the trailer. It is the most terrifying unsettling fucking shit i have ever seen in my gosh this isn't disney because it's uh it's public domain public domain yes right yes it's awful it's it's scary eh? i don't know like i watched like chucky or something or like what's the connection looks like chucky man it's scary like i was watching it and i was like i do not want to watch this i was is it designed to be a horror movie is it Uh, like genre of horror no no, it's based on like the the book series, obviously, as opposed to like Disney's version. I really liked Pinocchio as a child. M- my most recent connection to Pinocchio actually is uh, Kingdom Hearts. But yeah, that fucking trailer is just like Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. What is this? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I hope that movie flops. And the reason I hope it flops is because how dare you make something so scary? <laughs> okay, it's not meant to be scary. It's like unintentionally terrifying. Huh interesting anyways just trust me on it just watch the trailer if you disagree i'd love to hear it we'll do i'll watch it sounds good number five. Oh, as deadline number five is my fifth favorite number oh good i'm just kidding it's actually my second favorite number can i tell you a brief story i'm gonna tell you a brief story. sure tell me the story okay so when i played water polo this right. is really i'm doubling down on being a serbian hungarian person <laughs> <laughs> okay um but when i played water polo you want to know what my number was five holy shit how did you guess because we're on number five of the news stories and anyways just... that's 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 it that's the story continue oh, okay <laughs> what a story folks number five as deadline reports Candyman director Nia DaCosta has officially been hired as the director for the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Captain Marvel 2. The first Captain Marvel film made over a billion dollars at the box office and followed Brie Larson's character Carol Danvers as she becomes a powerful superhuman capable of turning the tides of war between two alien races. Larson's Captain Marvel has also appeared in the 2019 blockbuster juggernaut Avengers Endgame. Story editor for Disney Plus show WandaVision, Megan McDonnell, has written the script for the upcoming sequel. Adrian, Captain Marvel news, what do you think? Honestly, I have nothing to say about it. I have no attachment to this. <laughs> That's not true. Yeah, I know, it's not true. It's cool, man. I'm, I'm quite excited. I think Captain Marvel is a pretty mid-tier Marvel movie. Yeah, it's not amazing, I would agree. Yeah, it's good. It's great. Yeah, it's good, I agree. It made that. over a billion dollars in the box office as well, despite all the people saying feminism is ruining the industry. Yeah, it's garbage. Um, by the way, yeah, so my criticisms of the movie have nothing to do with anti-feminism in any capacity. Dude, obviously, and it, every agree, criti- I'm assuming. No, no, every criticism I have of the movie is all about feminism and how much I hate it. No, it isn't. Yeah, obviously. But yeah, like my, my criticism of it is that it follows that Marvel formula again, and it felt like it almost didn't take itself serious enough, and that sounds a little silly because it's a Marvel movie, but there's moments where, for instance, they explain how Nick Fury loses his eye, and I felt like they just treated it like a joke. Even though it was literally happening at the moment, it's not like it was a flashback of him losing his eye. It was, it was. We were learning for the first time, and people have wondered for so long. And it was a plot hole. Yeah, in Winter yeah, Soldier as well, dude. Holy hand, I'm just reading your mind, dude. Just you're reading, your reading mind. my mind. It's incredible. But anyways, us. that's kind of why I didn't like it that much. I found that the directors maybe didn't take it super serious. So I'm kind of happy that Nita Costa is on board because Candyman actually looks pretty great, dude. It looks fucking awesome. 
I really enjoyed that trailer. And again, George, trailer doesn't tell the whole story. Obviously, that, Suicide Squad, but Suicide Squanch, uh, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and I don't know. Like Jordan Peele also attached his name to Candyman, and so far he's two for two in the movies that he's released and both are in like kind of that for direction anyway but he directed them directly yeah so i don't know i feel like he's only willing to do something like that attaching his name to something good hopefully maybe maybe possibly yeah but yeah like i'm I'm super excited for candy man and i i don't know it's nice to have like a new wandavision coming in and writing the right right in the script like oh the the writer for yeah Megan one McDonald. of the writers for yeah. one division yeah that's really exciting because one division looks like something very unique dude it looks so fucking cool and so the, bringing we have, Costa, we have 30 less than 30 seconds of wanda vision i think and and, and it like, just looks like such a cool concept definitely the combination of nita costa and megan mcdonald is what's exciting me because i'm curious to see what they can do as a combined team to, to br- really break that Marvel formula that Captain Marvel follows so well and do something that's really cool. Yeah, man. It's ac- it's also pretty cool that it's just two women leading the charge on a women-led movie, right? Nita Costa's a woman, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> she's also she's also black, too. So actually, there's that... I think she's the first black female director hired within the MCU, which oh. was a big headline as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that. That's pretty cool, man. I'm all for that yeah, diversity it'd, and, it'd be and neat. shit. Diversity and shit? So you said. Yeah, yeah, I know. That may come off a little bit uh, wrong, but no, like I'm all for that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm excited. Again, I think uh, Captain Marvel is, okay, it's pretty good. Like, it's fun. There's some fun moments in it. But I'm curious, is Captain Marvel number two, is that going to be an in-between cool? Is, that, is this going to take place before, like, Avengers Endgame? Or do you think it's going to take place after? Because with the original Captain Marvel taking place in the 90s, like, there's, there's like a 30-year gap between avengers endgame and captain marvel like do you do you believe that we're gonna get something in between and uh kind of fill in the gap of what the fuck has she been doing this entire time i do think so i think that that makes the most sense because we don't know where she's been and we kind of what bean like the plant food i had bean stew yesterday it's delicious continue (laughs) it's good to know (laughs) But yeah, no, no, I think it's going to take place in sometime in like the 80s or, oh no, sorry, not the 80s. She wasn't, uh, she's going to go back in time. Back Holy in time. shit. Sorry, in the 2000s. Before she even has superpowers. She's maybe just going to go the, back in time. Maybe even during the Infinity Saga where she is in space as an example while we haven't seen her. And that would be really kind of a neat idea. The only reason I would want it to happen after is because I really want to hear why Samuel L. Jackson was in space and what has he been doing there. So that's kind of my perspective as to why I want to maybe see the movie take place after maybe we'll do both i wonder if it will go between two time periods do some flashbacks between her time when she was alone dealing with some conflict with the kree as an example in space or some other yeah because in in avengers endgame she uh mentions how like there's earth level problems in in multiple planets this was more of a universe bending problem but that's why i guess she showed up for yeah. endgame and uh one thing that game. i didn't even think of is imagine if it takes place before infinity war and the movie ends with the snap and then everything disappearing on oh maybe she's trying to solve other problems yeah and then all of a sudden the snap happens everyone disappears and then she goes well shit i gotta go to earth and then it leads directly into endgame i think that'd be a really cool Hmm. idea kind of neat yeah maybe yeah that would be kind of kind of neat if that's if that's what happens i deserve money for it i made that idea for recording on august 8th 2020 right they must have stole it from us they stole it from me everyone hears it Every single person. Even though, of course, the WandaVision, Megan McDonald has already written it. Yeah, she... Uh, she went back in time to figure it out with the time definitely. stone. 
Oh my gosh. He used the time stone to figure it out. But the a uh, clever son of a gun. My favorite thing about Captain Marvel, the first Captain Marvel, was Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Brie Larson's like their like their relationship. Carol Danvers and Nick Fury the hanging chemistry. out. It's kind of a road movie in a lot of ways. I found that that was my favorite thing. So that's something I do want to see come back in the 2000s. I want to see. Well, Nick Fury, we don't always know where he is. It's hard to track him. So even if it takes place in like 2008, 2001, 2002 time span, it could be kind of cool to see them back together, to? dealing with some problem yeah, man. on Earth or again. Just dealing with some issue in space, as you mentioned. Space. Although, shoes. if it takes place after the snap, Nick Fury was snapped away, and so therefore that will not happen. Well, I'm saying that it takes place before the snap, and then the movie ends with the snap. Oh, it ends with the snap. And that's why oh, she goes yes. to Earth. Good call. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that'd be neat. Ooh, baby. What a mm, good idea mm, I just mm. created. Number six. As reported by Deadline, Netflix is purchasing the film Woman in the Window from Disney, owned 20th Century Fox. Woman in the Window is a movie adaptation of the A.J. Finn best-selling novel of the same name that follows an agoraphobic woman by the name of Anna Fox, played by Amy Adams. Afraid of leaving her home, Anna witnesses a violent crime committed through the window of her neighbor's apartment. When she attempts to report the crime, nobody believes her due to her condition. Woman in the Window is a fairly renowned cast and crew, with Darkest Hour director Joe Wright at the helm, Amy Adams playing the lead, and a supporting cast of Gary Oldman, Julianne Moore, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Tracy Letts. The prestige of this particular thriller does beg the question as to why Disney might be offloading the already completed film to Netflix. But as the speculation goes, theaters are still not operating anywhere close to full capacity in most markets, and Disney Plus was not designed to house an adult-themed thriller. What do you make of Woman in the Window? I assume you watched the trailer already? I did indeed, because I mentioned it to you. When we recorded the best podcast ever created, yeah, just making sure you you weren't lying. I'm dude, during I that lied. podcast. I've quite literally never lied in my entire life. That's incredible. Thank you. Not even a little bit. Yeah. Hey, like not not even a never. tiny bit. Not even once. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Anyways, uh, but yeah, dude, I'm super excited for this. The trailer looks cool. It looks like an awesome premise. The cast is all-star joe wright who made the darkest hour with gary oldman actually gary oldman winning i think best actor for that year he did it's super cool man i'm super excited for this it's interesting that they are kind of selling it off to netflix i feel like netflix kind of had this notoriety for buying shitty movies back in the day even like three four years ago yeah maybe but i think they kind of switched it over and now they have like complete bangers like dole Knight is my name that that you mentioned briefly incredibly well regarded uncut gems which I think is absolutely fantastic. The Irishman. The Irishman, which is about Irish people. Um, that's apparently really good. Would be but one Irishman, potentially. Oh, yeah, sorry. If you're going to just go for the literalist Quite description like, of the movie. Dude, oh my god. And gosh. Marriage Story, which was Holy shit, fantastic. Marriage Story is so... I cried a lot. Me too. That is a <laughs> that is a devastating movie. It hurts to watch. It hurts. The acting was unbelievable. Dude, Adam Driver is Adam Driver is the best part about the new Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, I would Period, agree with that. Full stop. He is really great. Kylo Ren is an awesome character, and I think the only reason he is so cool is because of Adam Driver's performance. His Anyways, performance is great. I did. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Also, Scarlett Johansson. Like, let, let, let's she not. Was, yeah, she was so good. Oh my gosh, man, dude! I wish they were married and had a real divorce in real life because of how good that movie was. I wish the opposite because they looked like they're in tremendous pain. Yeah, <laughs> but okay. 
All right. Agree to disagree. Anyways. Yeah, I'm super excited for this movie. It's cool that it's going straight to Netflix. I think if we weren't in COVID, this would be kind of a red flag. Kind of kind of pointing towards that the movie's not going to be a good movie. I still wonder about that now because they have Hulu and they just announced, like, they just launched Palm Springs on there. And I'm kind of wondering why. Which we why, can't fucking get here in Canada. Which we still can't get. How frustrating is that? Dude, I've never been more frustrated in my life. Well, ever. That can't be true. Period. And again, I, I led this entire news story off with me never lying. So I'm being totally truthful. But about the fact that we just had a, the best podcast ever made deleted? That didn't frustrate you more than the fact that we can't get the... Uh, for the sake of sticking with me never lying, yeah, uh, it did not frustrate <laughs> oh, <me. laughs> Why we're falling in, into a little bit of a web. But I thought the trailer looked amazing on this. I thought it looked really cool. And again, Joe Wright's track record is great. I agree with you. I am very excited to watch this movie on Netflix. But I agree that I'm a little concerned, or I guess I don't agree, that I, I'm, I'm concerned that this movie is not good because they're not putting it on Hulu. I'm a little bit confused because they are willing to put movies on Hulu. Why not this one is a strange situation. Maybe it's again, Bob Chappick is taking a different direction. Because they're finally thinking about Canadian people. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they realize Palm Springs didn't do well. You don't think it did well? Maybe that's why. Ah. It's a good movie. It's very well reviewed, critically acclaimed, but did it not do well in terms of making money? Just and let me realize... pay $30 for Palm Springs on Disney+. Plus. That's all I ask for. Hulu doesn't have a lot of content. Like That's really great. Like yeah. It's got Handmaid's Tale. Which Probably is, their most reputable thing. That's on Crave here in Canada. Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe, I was hoping Crave would have Palm Springs, but that never happened. Ah, it's Fingers disappointing. Crossed. Maybe it will. Maybe it will happen. We will maybe, maybe not find out. I hope one day we do. Me too. Number seven. As reported by Variety, CEO for Lionsgate, John Feltheimer, has announced that the studio is working on both a reboot to 1987's Dirty Dancing and not one but two sequels to the John Wick film series. Warm Bodies director Jonathan Levine will be directing the new Dirty Dancing movie that will see actress Jennifer Grey return as both executive producer and star of the new film. On the John Wick front, it had previously been announced that we would be simply getting John Wick 4 in 2022. As Feltheimer explained, we will actually be getting two sequels that are both currently being written and that will be shot simultaneously next year when Keanu Reeves sees his busy schedule clear up. What do you think about this? Wow. I'm Good so sir. excited. I love the John Wick series. I think John Wick 1, 2, and 3 are really great movies. I really like them. I enjoy the action. Why are you talking like this? What do you mean? No, nothing. It's fine. I'm talking like I, how I regularly do. Yeah, of course. But no, honestly, I'm, I'm super excited for that. It's cool. It, they're kind of doing a Mission Impossible thing because they're filming Mission Impossible 7 and 8 back-to-back, -back, if I recall correctly, 6 and 7. Whatever the numbers are. <laughs> Whatever uh, the numbers to, are. The next two with Mr. McQuarrie, Christopher McQuarrie directing. I've heard of that guy. But yeah, like I'm super excited. I, I absolutely love John Wick. I think it's one of the coolest like action movies that ever released. The choreography is 10 it's out of 10. It's the fight choreography. It's all about that, that dance. The gun choreography, the hand-to-hand -hand combat choreography, it's on point. I just love... I love seeing people getting killed. That's why I love Live Leak. And anyways, what? it's really, like, it's so fantastic. Not really a spoiler, but they, they add, like, dog combat in the third John Wick. Yeah, they which do. Which is just so cool. And Halle Berry is in um, the third John Wick movie as well, and she's an awesome character. They're doing that spinoff series, Ballerina, which I assume will 
kind of connect with her character if i recall because she was part of the they, they did some ballet scene in the third john they're doing wick. two wait they're doing two different spin-off series for john wick i thought it was ballerina what's the other one the continental oh my goodness the show yeah dude they're doing two spin-offs oh weird yeah, well i guess it's that popular led, um, they're willing to do four and five back to back back so to I back to back to back it's happening yeah man i i can't wait i i really 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 love john wick and Again, I think the fight choreography is unmatched. The like realistically, the only like fight scenes, I guess I should say, that kind of live up to that is going to be kind of an odd one. Is from the Daredevil Netflix show. They have that like one shot fight scene uh, in that hallway in the first season. Then they have the stairwell fight scene in the second season. Then they have that like eighteen minute one shot in the prison. The prison that in the was third unbelievable. Season. What a what a. Dude, wow. so great. And I think that's really the only other like fight scene that I can think of that holds a candle to any of the fight scenes in John Wick. I think Extraction does a pretty good job as well. They have a couple of like really close combat. Well, they get John close, Wick. I guess, in Atomic Blonde. I mean, it's the same director. That too. Oh, man, the stairwell the fight. Yeah, John the, Wick. yeah, the stairwell fight scene in uh, Atomic Blonde as well. Yeah. Which is like a, I, I don't know if it's a one shot, but it's just like, it's, a, it's like 20 minutes long and you're just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't. I cannot wait. In terms of Dirty Dancing, all I know is Patrick Swayze was in Dirty Dancing. I quite literally have never watched that movie in my entire life. That's fair. But that's cool. It's kind of cool that Jonathan Levine is directing. I did like Warm Bodies. I thought it was a really I cool, love unique Warm style. Bodies. I thought it was silly when I initially watched the trailer, but then having watched the movie, the style is pretty neat. The music's really great, and again, the zombie falling in love with a human. It's kind of a again a wacky concept, but yeah. it kind of worked. To be honest. Yeah, man. I, I definitely agree. I really like Nicholas Holt as an actor as well from uh, his early days in the Skins TV show. It's a British... Uh, British. It's a Brit. It's, it's a British... Um, Why did you say it like that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. It's a British uh, drama series. There's seven seasons of it. Every two seasons is like kind of like an anthology with like a cast of characters. And then they leave high school. And it, it takes place all in the same high school. And it's just like generations of kids. But yeah, he's fantastic. He's in the first two seasons. Um, the thing I always found interesting about Skins is the fact that they are actual teenagers, which is an appropriate, like they're at almost the appropriate age. I'm sure not right on the dot, but compared to a lot of American high school shows, with like One Tree Hill or the Yeah, OC. where they're like 48 years old. Yeah, they're typically a lot older There's than There's quite literally high a character kids. in One Tree Hill that uses a cane to walk around, and it's absolutely ridiculous. It well, they really may have hurt themselves. No. What? Who is it? It's that's not true. <laughs> okay. I was wondering. Imagine. Oh. <laughs> well, Kane is not that necessarily that crazy because maybe they like hurt themselves. You should have said Walker if it was a uh, joke. You know, like using a. Anyway. Honestly, I appreciate you uh, letting me know how I should make my jokes next time. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously <laughs> that was that joke was moved on to the polls. <laughs> Two stupid jokes combined. I was just referencing the Hillary Clinton. Well, you guys like playing Pokemon Go so much, so you should have Pokemon Go to the polls. <laughs> what a joke. I just don't understand how she didn't win the presidency simply for that. That and Hillary Clinton. The Hillary Clinton just video. Just chilling for, in Cedar Rapids. I My favorite part about that video is she's recording the Nest Tea bottle with like Hillary Clinton on it. And you can definitely see that she tried to double tap to turn the camera over. Yeah. But she fails. <laughs> and didn't re-record it. <laughs> she fails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the, yeah. Like what the fuck? Oh my god. 
Holy shit, that's so funny. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, what were I don't even remember what we were talking. We're talking about, about John Wick. Oh, f- and, J- and Jonathan <laughs> Levine directing Warm Bodies and the new Dirty Dancing movie. I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Keanu Reeves is a busy man, eh? Wow. Yeah, man. He uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure number three is coming yeah. out uh, in September. It's like a commodity. Did, did you watch the first two Bill and Ted movies? I did not. Did you? No. Oh. You want to watch them? Yeah, we should probably do that. For Bill and Ted, when that releases, let's watch the first two movies. We can talk about it, I guess, the week prior, and then we'll watch Bill and Ted number three. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Cool. Yeah, and he's going to be in The Matrix. He's in that new Cyberpunk 2077 video game. Never heard of it. It's going to be cool. But uh, I think that concludes the news. Now on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one. As Variety reports, Amazon Prime Video has renewed the Al Pacino starring Nazi-killing TV series Hunters for season two. I heard the first season wasn't that great. Number two. As The Hollywood Reporter notes, Bradley Cooper is in talks to star in Paul Thomas Anderson's next untitled movie that will track a 1970s coming-of-age story in the San Fernando Valley. I wonder what the title is going to be. Number three. As Deadline reports, a new Ewan McGregor motorcycle journey series called The Long Way Up will premiere on streaming platform Apple TV Plus on September 18th. McGregor and Charlie Borman travel from the tip of Argentina all the way up through Mexico on electric motorcycles. I'll be honest, I did not realize you could drive from Argentina to Mexico. Is that an actual thing? I'm going to pull up a map. Yes. Number four. As accounted by The Hollywood Reporter, Blades of Glory directors Will Speck and Josh Gordon are making a sci-fi adventure movie called Distant, starring Aladdin's Naomi Scott and Hamilton star Anthony Ramos. I like all of those things. Every single one of those things I like. Number five. As Deadline has reported, Paddington director Paul King will be directing Ryan Reynolds in a Simon Rich written movie based on a New Yorker essay Rich wrote entitled Everyday Parenting Tips. The story will feature a world plagued with a pandemic of actual monsters and a child afraid of what might actually lurk under the bed. I absolutely love both Paddington movies and I'm actually very excited for this one. Number six. According to Variety, Susan Downey and Robert Downey Jr.'s production company Team Downey will produce an Apple TV Plus drama series about a Canadian detective with the urge to play the hero by solving impossible cold cases. That sounds pretty cool, eh? Number seven. As relayed by Deadline, the mermaid TV series Siren has been cancelled by Network Freeform after three seasons. No! Are you- No! No, no, are you serious? Gosh, dang it. Are you serious? No. No. (laughs) Number eight. According to Variety, the critically acclaimed Zoe Kravitz show High Fidelity was canceled by Hulu after one season. Not another one. Oh, jeez, Louise. Gosh, diggity darn it. Number nine. As noted by The Hollywood Reporter, Amazon is producing a TV series adaptation of the movie League of Their Own about a woman's professional baseball league in the 1960s. I don't even know what baseball is. There's no crying in baseball! Number 10. As reported by Variety, James Wan is producing a Knight Rider movie adaptation of the 1980s David Hasselhoff TV series. I, James, want to watch that. Number 11. As Deadline has reported, an Ian Goldberg and Richard Ning TV series adaptation of the 1992 movie Stay Tuned is in the works. The movie originally starred John Ritter and Pam Dauber as a married couple who were sucked into their television screen and ultimately into an alternate universe of TV shows slightly different from their own reality. Wow. And that concludes the montage.
Oh, geez, Louise, what a great montage that was. Don't you don't you agree, listener? Oh, yeah, you do. I know you do. I, I know you loved it. And moving on to the new releases of yes. this week where Adrian attempts to get 50% of the movies that are releasing this week correct. Sorry, that's not the actual. That's a jibber jab. That's a, that's a jab in, into my spine. You just you did miss the Seth Rogen movie. I didn't miss it, man. You, you found yourself in an American pickle, is what num- you did. That's clever. That's a really good one, actually. What, what's coming out? So there's a few movies coming out this this week. So the first one, every movie except for this first one, is coming out on August 14th. However, this movie is coming out on August 1 1. This is from, one month. Yeah, one month. Eleventh. Okay, thanks. Thanks. I forgot forgot how to say that word did you hit your head yeah maybe the, where'd that fly go actually Is it, did it go through your ear i ate it anyways so the first <laughs> where did it go actually i genuinely don't know it's kind of making me nervous whatever continue sorry monstrous coming out august 11th this is my segment simon let me say it <laughs> wait didn't you already say the name of the movie no oh i'm sorry i didn't realize hey it's fine how whatever. long did it take you to say the first one a while. Okay, let's go. Let's let's pick it up here. Anyways, so the first movie coming out, it's on August 11th. It's a movie called Monstrous. I confirmed this from Movie Insider and the trailer itself. It's a Bigfoot monster movie. People getting killed. It looks like a blast. It looks like a really fun time. It's on video on demand. I actually might watch this, <laughs> depending. Like, if it, if it gets posted on a streaming service, then I will watch it. Otherwise, maybe I'll still watch it. The next movies that are coming out, they're all releasing on August uh, the 14th. The first one that is coming out, technically all these are coming out at the same time. The first one that I'm going going to talk about that is coming out is a movie called Unhinged. It's starring Russell Crowe. This was confirmed by the Cineplex application that I use on my iPhone to look at the movies coming out. So that's coming out on August 14th. It stars Russell Crowe, like I said. Yeah, we mentioned this, I think, on the second or the first podcast that we hosted because it was just like Tenet. They've been kind of balancing when they're going to launch this. Yeah. Uh, It was, I believe, meant to launch before Tenet. You think it's well-regarded? Tenet. I'm actually looking that up now uh, just to see what Rotten Tomatoes is saying about this movie. 48% with 33 reviews so far counted on the review aggregator site Rotten Tomatoes. Never heard of it. Uh, cool. I won't watch it, I guess. The next movie that's coming out is The Silencing. It stars La- Jamie Lannister. It's the, confirmed by... The famous actor Jamie Lannister. <laughs> yeah, it's confirmed by Fandango. Nikolai Coster-Waldo? Yeah. I'm assuming I'm saying his name right. Nikolaj. It's Nikolaj. Nikola- it could be Nikolaj. Nikolaj. Ah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. All right, Boyle, what's cool. the next one? Cool, 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 The next movie that's coming out is Greenland. So this one's a little bit odd because it's confirmed from Fandango that it is coming out this week, but it doesn't play until September the 25th here in Canada. So I don't know if that is an us problem or if it's actually coming out. September. I don't know. The next movie that's coming out, this is confirmed by SpongeBob on the run. Nope. This <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> I don't think it was confirmed by actual SpongeBob. This is confirmed. Jesus Christ. This is confirmed by the Cineplex app. It is releasing in theaters here in Canada. SpongeBob on the run. I uh, I like SpongeBob. I don't know if I'll watch this one, but I like I like the SpongeBob series when I was a child. When I was a wee lad. Anyways, that's coming out. The next movie that's coming out, uh, it actually premiered at TIFF last year, the Toronto International Film Festival. It's a movie called The Sound of Metal by Riz Ahmed. Uh, no, sorry, it's not by him. It stars him. 
and Dakota Johnson, she's also in it. It's about a like a metal, like a heavy metal drummer that uh, loses his hearing. This is confirmed by uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, Google. it's not about a metal detector. No, no, by the by the heavy metal drummer. It's, Sorry. It's a heavy metal drummer. I was confused. But yeah, it's confirmed by Rotten Tomatoes, Google, and the most reliable resource on the internet. Number one resource ever, m.the-numbers.com. Yeah, it's proven effective. Yeah, it's honestly. We're t- the next movie that's coming out is a movie called Spree. It's about this dude that um, essentially he's like a Uber driver, Lyft driver. They don't have like the actual brand, but he wants to become viral on the internet. So he has cameras set up in his vehicle and he kills his passengers uh, that come in, and it's starring the guy with the hair from Stranger Things, hair guy. <laughs> why Why would you write hair guy instead of the actor's name? Because everyone knows who I'm talking about. The next movie that's coming out. <laughs> He's skipping over. His name is Joe Keery. <laughs> but actually, you're right, though. I feel like less people know his name is Joe Keery than they hair know. Guy. Hair guy. Hair guy from Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Dude, literally dad, everyone knows. The new dad in the new Stranger Things. Papa. Okay, go on. The next movie that's coming out is Cut and Chop. So this movie actually won winner of Best Horror Film at the Hollywood Real Independent Festival 2020. It's coming out on Video On Demand, again on August 14th. That's confirmed by the trailer as well as the uh, Movie Insider website. Funnily enough, Ron Jeremy, like a huge porn star, arguably one of like the most popular porn stars, like when you think of porn stars, uh, he's in it. He's like He plays like some sort of store clerk. Hmm. Uh, Ron Jeremy was Weird. in a bunch of porn before our time, so... Back in like the fucking video cassette days, I imagine. You just buy videos of his huge dong. Anyways, the next movie that's coming out. <laughs> great, great. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Endless. I watched the trailer for this one and it confirmed the release date for uh, August the 14th once again. This one's kind of interesting. I probably won't watch it um, unless the reviews are very good, but it's a love story about this couple. They're probably in their late teens, early 20s. And they're like driving, they're just driving to some place. They get into like a brief argument during the drive. And then the girlfriend who's driving the car gets into a car accident and the boyfriend dies. Ooh. Um, so, you know, she wakes up, she's like, oh, where's my boyfriend? I, 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 it's my fault he's dead, apparently. But the boyfriend is alive, but not in real life. He's alive in limbo. He's like, hey, hey, I'm right here, babe. But she can't see him. So it's uh, like it looks like a movie about him, I guess, trying to reconnect with her in the real world. And then the final movie that is coming out is a movie called Project Power. This is a Netflix original show. It stars Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There's this pill that gives you superpowers. Uh, I did see the trailer for this guy. I did not. It looked okay. It looks, I'm uh, curious to see what it's it look, like. like. Like the old guard quality, you think? You think it's going to be of that quality? I don't know. Maybe. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And, Joe Gorlev, uh, as I like to call him. Joe Gorlev and uh, Jamie Foxx is a pretty cool cast. James so. Foxx, that's what I call him. Jame? James Foxx, yeah. Oh, okay. You know him personally? or? Yeah, me and him go way back. Cool. I was on the set with him on uh, during Baby Driver, actually. Anyway, it's not important. What were you doing there? I, um, well, I was under the age of 18, and I was a dude, uh, so I was Kevin Spacey's assistant. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's, wow. Oh, man. I did. That's not true. I was above the age of 18 when I, uh, when that movie came out. <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. I was w- wondering where you were going with that, with the under the age of 18. Yeah. But anyway, no, it was, that was a good movie, but yeah, it's hard to, what a hard to go back and watch it. Yeah. Feel like, and that's the movies that are coming out this week. Are you excited? Can't you? Which ones are you guys going to watch? Question mark. Yeah, you can write into us and tell us. How can you write into us, Simon? Well, speaking of that, walk. Well, 
Good question, Adrian. Let's reach back into that mailbag for a moment, shall we? As mentioned, at the top of our show, we ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. Kenneth Stadelbauer actually had more to say in his email to us. Specifically, he said, I'm torn about the theater chains. I can see why they are starting to open. Obviously, they need revenue. But is it practical right now? Would a modified theater with reduced separated seating be feasible? Would we be willing to pay an increase in ticket prices to make up for the limited seating? And as you pointed out, the profit is in concessions. Landmark is currently open, including concession stands. Presumably, you take your popcorn to your seat to eat in isolation. But in that limited capacity, it doesn't seem that profitable. But I do feel certain movies like the next Star Wars movies, etc. should get a big screen release. I love the podcast. Other than the awkward confession of Adrian having a three-way with twins Never and envisioning happened. Larry the Cable Guy doing the voiceover as Mater. Simon, how dare you insult my grammar? She's always spoken highly of you. Okay, she's dead, but the seances have always been positive. Love you guys. Keep safe. Kenneth has got another quote down here. It isn't what they say about you. It's what they whisper about you said by Errol Flynn. Thank you for writing in, Ken. I've definitely seen the live leak video of your grammar getting murdered. Anyways, um, so... The thing about this that I'd like to, point, like to point out is this was written before that release of the Mulan news. New Mulan, yeah. The new... Yeah, sure. The new Mulan news about it going to, to the Disney Plus streaming service. And he's asking here quite a bit about why they would reopen is it practical right now but i wonder is this a race against time now more than ever because of what disney is doing i hate to seem like an alarmist but i just feel like this is what's happening we're we're seeing a, a spot in which a huge company a huge distributor of movies is now has the ability to really push theaters around and i think they're doing that in a big way and so i'm yeah i agree to a certain extent that we're definitely going to see the big movies like tenet but some companies may just bend, and Black Widow might find itself on the streaming service, even though I thought it would never do that. Do that. Yeah. It might find itself on Disney Plus if Mulan ends up being a success. And then what does the industry look like when it's now you're mess. cutting out the middleman? It's so, a mess. The industry's a mess. It's a weird one. I don't know. I think it's not practical right now, but are they going to just go under? Like, what's going to happen in the next few I don't know, man. That's actually a good question. I'm I'm super curious to check out the movie theaters now that they're open near us. I, yeah, I really want to watch Train to Busan. Like, Tenet's coming out soon. Long. It's not that far away. Yeah, it's like now a, at this less point. than a month. Yeah, so it's 26th of August. So. Oh yeah, Jesus. That's like what two, two, three, three weeks. I don't even know. Yeah, three weeks almost. But yeah, like I, I'm super curious to see how the movie theaters are run. Maybe I'll go to the theaters this week and get back to you all and let you know how it looks. Or just check it out. Just yeah. Take a take a walk. Well, I want to watch Train to Busan Peninsula. So if you want to watch the first one, if you haven't already, and you want to go with me, we're not going to talk, obviously, but yeah, potentially go together. That could uh, that could happen. Cool, cool. Freaking flies back. This is like that episode of Breaking Bad. Yeah, like the like the one filler episode of Breaking Bad, which was an incredible episode. It's still really great. Yeah, that's, that's quite literally the only like filler episode, quote unquote. I think it was worth it. I don't know if it was even filler. It was just so yeah, character development. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So thank you again, Kenneth. Thank you for writing into us. I do appreciate it quite a bit. Uh, as always, you uh, contribute quite a bit to the show, and I and I appreciate you taking the time. Mwah, 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 mwah. That's me giving you kisses, Ken. Oliver Papoff also wrote into us again by email, and he said, Hi, please review The Happening. It's one of the great movies of all time. Thank you. That's the one where, where, where uh, Mark Wahlberg talks to plants, right? Something like that. There's like a... 
an apocalyptic event where the trees are talking to each other and you can kind of see them talking through the wind and Mark Wahlberg is in it. Is, that, is, the, is actually, that the twist at the end? Is that the twist at the end of the movie where it's like, oh, the, the plants are talking? Oh, maybe I shouldn't give that away. I don't know. I'm curious. Like, that's all I know about this movie. And maybe it's, it's an old twist. movie and it's terrible. It's by M. Night Shyamalan. Everyone just starts killing themselves. There are good right? M. Night Shyamalan movies. We talked about Split in the very beginning of this podcast. Split. Glass is great until the last fucking 20 minutes of that movie. That, that, it falls apart. The happening is not worth watching. No? No. I'm going to watch it. It's one of my least favorite movies of all time. Legitimately. Is it worse than when Suicide Squad? When I watched Squad? it, I was like, what did I just watch type of scenario? Hey, I'm Mark Wahlberg. Hey, hey. Mark Wahlberg? Huh? Huh? Huh, I, I, I... Oh, wait, that's uh, just Adrian. Boston, oh, my God. Boston Bomber, I'm it's in that one movie. the best Mark Wahlberg impression I've ever heard. Thank you, thank you. I uh, practice oh, in the mirror. Wow. Every unreal. day. But anyways, moving on. I'm Mark Wahlberg. I, uh, I wake up at... I wake up yesterday. Just on my day. Huh, <laughs> that's huh. so ridiculous. <laughs> okay, anyways. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that movie. Are you going to watch it uh, at some point? or? Uh, Maybe. If it's on a streaming service, then maybe. Here, let me check. I'm going to check right now. Is it on a streaming service? Yeah, use that Apple TV app. Which is great. It's a the fantastic... The Apple TV app is great because it goes through all of the different streaming services and tells you whether a movie or a TV show is on it. I don't know if anyone... I mean, that's a little tidbit, a little bit... A tidbit about your Apple phone. You got Apple TV app for free. You don't get the Apple TV Plus streaming service, but you do get the option to just search any movie in the search bar and it will tell you whether it's on a specific mm. streaming service. Hmm, it's not on a streaming service. Ah, so you got to rent it. it, don't you? I'm not going to watch it. I'm sorry, Oliver. I I appreciate your insight. Your insight for Amaletto is fantastic. Here's my review of The Happening. It's crap. Wow. It's not good. That's my review, okay? It almost makes me more interested in I watching I do it. think that he's trolling here. He asked us to watch Amaletto, and it was obviously there's like some festival winners in the short films, as it's a short film aggregator, and then he's telling us to watch The Happening at the same time. I, I find there's some troll... This is a troll move. Hard to tell, though, because we're just reading text. And Maybe we'll find out one day. Maybe. Maybe he'll write in again and say, it's actually my favorite favorite movie of all time. And then in, and then, you know what I'm going to say to that? What? I don't know yet. I feel like you should watch it. I feel like you should rent it and watch it. But again, we can maybe just wait. But it's $30 on Disney+. Plus. I'm not going <laughs> to Imagine. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> I'm not going to support that, man. All right, so last but not least, Cabin Snass wrote into us and said... Never heard of him. Hi, Simon and Adrian. Here's another would you rather for you. Would you rather only be able to wear clothes that are three sizes too small or three sizes too big? And in brackets here, you can't have them altered in any way. Includes shoes, hats, accessories, etc. Thanks, Cabin Snass. Thank you, Cabin Snass. I appreciate your uh, writing in. I, I appreciate these would you rathers. I'm a big fan of Would You Rathers. I'd like one every episode. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be Cabin Snass. Again, any listener listening to the show, jump in. Please. I love Would You Write into us. Very easy. Split Focus Podcast at gmail.com. Just write us a letter. You know, we will very likely address your concerns, questions, Most likely, yeah. So this is a good one because immediately I think about three sizes too big. You know what I mean? It makes more sense. It's comfort. You know, like I, I like wearing baggy clothing. It hides my impeccable figure. However, it hides it. Yeah. You want people to end up be surprised. I want people to like me for who I am, not for how I look. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, so like I I immediately think three sizes is too big. But then there's so many there's so many issues with that. Your pants it's just falling off. You got to hold up your pants. How are you going to push around a shopping cart? I don't think you can alter it with one hand. 
Yeah, you can't even alter with belts. Because of hats. this caveat here. Hats. Uh, hats would look ridiculous. They would look ridiculous. I, mean, I rarely see, wear a hat. fall down like below your eyes. Three sizes too big. Mm. Shoes. Have you ever tried walking with big shoes? Have impossible. It'd be a struggle. It, absolutely impossible. It's quite literally impossible. But then I kind of think about the three sizes too small aspect. How do I fit in these clothing? It's true. Would I fit in? I mean, I guess. I'm very unco- uncomfortable in the crotch area. My testicles would not appreciate it. I'm sure they would not. Yeah, maybe then you not have children. Ever I again. Ever again. <laughs> like I already had children. <laughs> I don't know why I said ever again. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, like my child that I hit all the time at the beginning of the show when we talked about hitting children. Big fan. I know we you're... barely talked about hitting children. Oh yeah, maybe I think you're talking about the the best episode, the best made. podcast episode ever made. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the references to that. Ah, you know, it's sad. I I'm not. The fly is annoying. Eh? Man. The fly is so fucking annoying. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it is very. It we got. It went for a while. It went away. Yeah. And then, the benefit of clothing it. too tight is that the flies can't get into your clothes. Whereas if if your clothing is too big, the fly could get get in there. It could hang out. That would be very that man. This may be a factor. It's crazy how like the like the environment you're in can shape a response. Like can can shape your situational, situational. I love situations. Huge fan of them. So yeah, I don't know. I immediately think three sizes too big, but three sizes too small. Uh, too small is also like I mean they're both shitty situations. You if your three sizes too big, you can't go near a fire because chances are you're gonna light your clothes on fire. It's just too gotta big. be careful. But yeah. I hate being careful. You just, I get it. I get it. Just wear shorts. Ah, dude. So you become pants. Yeah, they're just pants. Your your t-shirts become sweaters. Yeah, honestly, actually, yeah. Three sizes too big, final answer. <laughs> yeah, I think three sizes is too big for me as well. Yeah. It is a it is a good answer. Thank you, Cabin Snass, once again. I appreciate you. into us with this Would You Rather. I appreciate it. I do think this concludes our podcast. Episode six for the second time. And I thank you for listening to the sixth episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter and The Fly, signing off. Hey, it's me, Adrian. I don't know if you remember my name, but I, I, I was in this entire episode of the podcast, and one thing I want you to know is that Batman v Superman is a good movie. Take care. Goodbye. Potato.